Good morning, Comrade Zorin. General Gogol, this meeting is ill-advised. A calculated risk, but necessary since you refuse to answer your control. Come to the point, General. You disregard procedure. You did not request approval before eliminating 007. Reprisals might jeopardize ongoing operations. You jeopardize mine! Letting the British penetrate the Siberian Research Center. That was regrettable. Your racing activities attract unnecessary attention, but more disturbing are your unauthorized commercial ventures, and we cannot tolerate that. The issue is irrelevant. I've made new associations. I no longer consider myself a KGB agent. We trained you, financed you. <laughs> what would you be without us? A biological experiment? <laughs> a physiological freak? Enough of this! Control yourselves! You will come back to us, comrade. No one ever leaves the KGB. Do you expect me to talk? It's Roger's last Bond movie. Aww. I'm going to miss Roger. Oh, poor not, Roger. Yeah, I'm sure Dave is. I really am. <laughs> I, I really like this guy. I mean, I'm not sure about his James Bond, but like, it's goodbye to Roger Moore. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm okay with this. But at least he's going out as... With a bang. Yeah. <laughs> he's going out on a high. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 whether it's a good sense or a bad sense, but it is, it is going to be... No one will forget a view to a kill. No. No. <laughs> Many have tried, but... <laughs> oh, dear. But anyway, yeah, in case you didn't happen to know what Roger's last film was, it's a view to a kill. Starring, funnily enough, Roger Moore. <gasps> also, Tanya Roberts, Christopher Walken, Grace Jones, Patrick McNee. The dream team. David Yip, and Patrick Bacow. Written by Michael G. Wilson and Richard Maybaum. With a score by John Barry, directed by John Glenn, and released in 1985. So, what do we make of Roger's swan song? Dave, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll get into the detail as we go through it, but the gist is I don't hate this. I, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, he's too old. That was true last week. It was true the week before. It was true the week before that as well. But he's, he's had the mole removed, and I think he's had a little facelift. He does um, look a bit younger. <laughs> He does look a bit younger. He looks better than he did in Octopussy. I mean, he's, he's still too old. I don't think old. so. Well, I, I mean, I do. I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm not saying that's definitely the case. It's it's up to personal interpretation. But I think he kind of looks all right. It's not a great film. The last half an hour is awful. 
there is a lot wrong with this stuff. Um, but I don't hate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a funny one for me, uh, View to Kill. Um, there is a lot wrong for it. I can't say it's a great Bond film, but it's a really enjoyable Bond film. Uh, parts parts of it's for the right reasons, parts of it's for entirely the wrong reasons. I think the prob- the main problem I have with it is not so it's uh, Roger Moore's age because I kind of find that kind of in a enjoyable and a kind of kitsch uh, like funny kind of way, uh, yeah, especially when it's ped up against like someone like Walking. Um, he, he does a great job as a as a villain, but I you know it you know there are things about it that are just naff. That, there are things about it that are just like what were the fuck were they thinking? And there, and there, but I think the, the main problem really is down to the script's just crap, really. I mean that 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 is the number one problem with the film is that apart from Roger's age, possibly, but I find amusement and enjoyment for that. But the you know, but the but the, but the problem is like the script. If it was a better script, where I had better action set pieces put in place, this would work better because I I think. The film kind of builds up to like a bigger climax than what actually happens. It feels, you know, by the time you get to the end of the film, you go, "Oh, is that it?" You know, I think that's the main problem of the film. You know, you got too much like Roger Moore like faffing around on a fire truck in San Francisco, which is, you know, which is kind of boring. You could cut that part out easily, couldn't you? Well, you could, but it's just it is just oh, you know I I I don't know what it is. Whenever Bond is chased by the police, I kind of just zone out. I'm just like I'm just, I'm not that interested. I'd rather him be involved in the action. I mean, every once in a while, fair enough. But I just think that in this, it's just yeah, okay. But anyway, but uh, yeah, I I kind of like Dave. I, I I struggle to kind of damn it because I do enjoy it. Whether it's like for the good or right reasons, it's kind of an odd mix of both. What do you think, Becca? No, I kind of agree, really. Um, for me, Crystal Walken makes this film. I mean, Zorin is probably the nuttiest villain out there. Um, and we discussed a few weeks ago how like David Bowie's nearly picked for the role. That would have been amazing. And then well, Sting been... as well. Sting was going to be. Sting, it, was, I knew. It, it was written for Sting, and then it was offered to um, Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, interesting. That was amazing. And then and then the bow turned it down to the office of Sting, and then he turned it down. And then I heard it was like uh, one of the was Rucker Hauer. Yeah, he, he would have been a good choice. I'm not gonna lie. As good as Walken would be, I, I would like. Yeah, he would have been a lot more intense villain. I would have thought, but that would, definitely he would have been more physical. Yeah, been, yeah, more physical presence. Because I, I was just I literally just finished watching probably like the last forty minutes of the film this evening before recording, and there's so many scenes where I mean. Obviously, Zorin's kind of like psychotic and he just sort of chuckles all the time. But there's, there's a couple of scenes where he just like smirks or grimaces and he could have done with a really, you know, really kind of witty put down or, you know, really sort of pithy line. And he just does nothing. And that's not that's not that's not Walken's fault. It's more the script. So I say the sort of script call fails. But, um, you yeah, know, I agree with you, Chris, pretty much. It's we're just too old. I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, a lot of script errors. But uh, it's just it's one of those films you kind of you love to hate, really. It's a bit. Mm-hmm. It's a big massive cheese fest. I mean, I do like the climax as it is, but I just felt like you were missing. It's an anti-climax, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't uh, like. I wouldn't mind it if it, if we had like a big set piece, like just just before or not long before it. You would have felt like oh, like a, like a like an extra sort of thing just to tie everything up. But it, it 
it just feel, it just doesn't feel like you just it doesn't feel satis- satisfied by by what you see, particularly what happens with May Day and you know I mean really the big set piece is like is mind blowing up. It's yeah, it's basically Christopher Walken shooting everyone. Really, that's that is your main set piece in the film, and it's just a, you know. I mean, and that is totally nothing like any of the rest of the film. No, it's not. No, it's not. Totally, it's completely different. I mean, you get the idea that he's just he's a nutter through and through, but he just think we're told he's a nutter. That's the only time we're kind of shown it. Yeah, you don't really get that impact from him. He's told, oh yes, he's you know steroid psychopath for a while, but it's like okay, just one scene of him having a good old time shooting up people. We think, what the hell? You don't know what he's laughing at. You know what I mean? I know we're told he's mad, but really? <laughs> but no, I do think he does. Otherwise, in the film, he does have some great lines. Um, probably not as good as Drax. I think he's the wittiest Bond villain to date. Um, um, Drax is, I do think Drax is the best of the war era. He gets some brilliant lines, I must say. But we've, we've spoken about that at length. Um, but I think, I don't know, Mayday Sacrifice. I don't know, you don't feel the full impact of it emotionally, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like. I mean, like, like, like Roger Moore himself. I don't like Grace Jones, but I, they I didn't think, get on, did they? I, no, but I, I, you know, I, I just don't like her as well. But I think she works well in here. She, she works well as a screen presence. I, I think, but I, I don't like. I don't get the initial reason why Zorin would just would just like betray her. I mean, it, it kind of almost feels like he, he generally just forgot. He's like, oh shit, Mayday. Yeah, that's what he kind of feels like. Are you like. suggesting this film wasn't very well thought through? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go with that because... <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what I mean, happened. That, I mean, that's what I mean. It would have been like a lot better if seeing that she would have been more like an odd job character, like willing to go down for the grand scheme of the plan kind of thing, you know, just like that hardcore, that badass. And I know, I, I think for someone who is essentially killed off at least several people, two of them of which are Bond allies as well, for her to just all of a sudden just turn good and... Be, yeah, it was only because she feared and, she was about to die. And give the no, noble exactly. sacrifice just felt a bit... No, I'd, I'd rather... See a dive like with all, like with the rest of the villains, you know. I, I, you yeah, know, you feel the full weight of it. Yeah, it just I don't know. It, you know, it's not that you know I'm against stuff like that. It just in this film, it just doesn't. I'm, I'm it just doesn't work for me. No, that's it. I mean, it's, um, it's different to like for example, like Jaws. Obviously, decided to switch sides at the last minute. Obviously, the two like intellectually, they're completely different. But at least that's like built like, up a bit. You know, exactly, what I mean, like exactly. that's like you know it, by that time he's already become like. Like a cartoon of himself, and you and you threw him like a sloppy love interest. So it's like you know, you know, it's just going to be silly. You know, you know, you already it's like you kind of warming to him by that point. You know, yeah, you, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah, but with May Day, May Day, it's just like, oh, I thought that creep loved me, and it's just like, oh, so quick. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like you know, you built up That's this great. really strong like feminine like henchwoman, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, my my man betrayed me. Oh! You know, Sorry, like, you said feminine. Oh yeah, she's probably oh, yeah. not. Well, yeah. What are we talking about here? Are we still on Grace Jones? She yeah. lifts up a man, you know, above her head. She's like Amazon woman. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll get to that because she's a bit of an eighties uh, icon they, as well. They, so. They've given her everything that's supposed to be part of Zorin. Yeah, they've had to kind of farm parts of her out, I guess. Should we enjoy this film sequentially? <laughs> that sounds very eloquent. <laughs> 
Well, let's do it. <laughs> well, we are. Chris, away you go. You start because you have the voice of an angel. Well, okay. So we're going going for this um, Bond uh, role play thing where we just sort of like talk like like uh, everyone to do this. Roger Moore walks by. Bang! Blood trickles Blood down. Trickles Blood down. <laughs> Um, is, it, is it a new? Is it a new pre-titles? No, Chelsea. New gun barrel. Because Roger looks a bit different. No, uh, I've mean, not been paying attention. No, no, it's the same gun barrel. It's the same gun barrel he's had since Spy Love Me. This no. looks different on my Blu-ray player. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. But it's you know, I mean, look, uh, I mean, in this, I, I, I kind of, I kind of like the gun barrel in this. I like the pre-title sequence, apart from the whole, Beach Boys. Uh, yeah, like. Well, it isn't, is it? No. Well, no. It's not. That's the whole problem. Well, I mean, the problem is the fact that they decided to do that anyway. It's like, you know, it's it's quite a good action scene. That's my big problem with Roger Moore. They they They, they can't undercut. resist. Well, they, they undercut, like, any tension. Mm. You think you've got this going really well. If you stripped all of the sound out of this and took the spy who loved me and took the last stunt off because obviously the skiing off the end is dramatic in that film. But if you just took the meat of the pre-title, i.e. just the skiing, this is better than The Spy Who Loved Me. Just the skiing, yeah? Mm. Yeah, the, the way it's cut together. The way it's, it's really edited. good. Yeah, they just, sense. they just undercut it because they're unsure of themselves and just have to go for some giggles. I think, I think also with the way uh, Roger Moore is... You know, is obviously too old. I mean, I remember like watching a few YouTube clips of like Roger Moore doing like press for this and interviews. And you know, he was on like something like Wogan, and Wogan was like, "So, good. so aren't you too, aren't you too old now?" Kind of thing. So that there was that kind of, you know, ev- everybody knew it. So I think they kind of like you knew had to kind of like modernize it in in some way. That's why you got Drake, Grace Jones and Walken in there, and Duran Duran doing like the the theme. Yeah, but everybody who was cool in 1985. But they still got Roger Moore, so they kind of have to. Okay, well, let's rely on the old slapstick humor thing to kind of play with it. You know, like I, I think that's why the film is how it is. But I uh, think by that point, Roger knew he was too old as well. Like, oh was, yeah, he was just contractually obliged. Yeah, and he thought, well, you know, we'll just go for this. Um, yeah, go for the slapstick silliness of it all. Yeah, when, when and he... that can be his. You know, go out on a on a high, almost, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, when he fa- when he found out that is um, that the mother of the leading lady is actually younger than he is, yeah, that's when he thought. Yeah. That's when you got problems, people. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, um, yeah, but I, I like the pre-title sequence, and what um, what I also like, I really do like the score. I think the main actual riff um, of A Few to Kill, I think, is one of ba- uh, Barry's best. For me, yeah, I do. I, I always agree there. Yeah, I do like the score as well. It's, I, it's, I like the kind of the bits when they're in San Francisco. It's nice and relaxing to listen to. The the breakdown of uh, View to a Kill, the the like the Duran Duran song, you know, is it sounds really great. Uh, but also the I, I don't know what it's actually called, but it's 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 what we use every time there's an action sequence. And yeah, it, there's that kind of main sting, isn't there? And it it just sounds great. I wished they'd even bring it back almost because I I, I love that. Whenever I put on the Blu-ray now or DVD. Love the, to hear that again. The, that, that, that's the music that comes on and it's just like, oh yes. I, you know, it's it's one of the, I think it's one of the, the things that make A View to a Kill like pop for me. You know, if it, it's, it's one of the few things that despite the fact that it's a bit lame in places, this makes it 
This the elevates score really it. brings it back up, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it elevates it. It'd be like, yes, I really like the score. So it's, it's not like um, it's quite timeless as well. Like for example, it's not you can isolate like Furious Only or Spy Love Me for being, being typically like seventies kind of or you know related to the disco disco score. Yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> but, but this one, not so much, and that's really good because it's, it's pretty much timeless. And yeah, I, I agree with you there. It does it kind of lifts it out of the doldrums, as it were. Yeah, it's almost like it always feels like it's it should be his own thing. It should, you know, it's you know, I think it's cracking score. Uh, Dave, what do you think? I I don't have an awful lot of problem with the opening sequence. I think the music's great. I mean, well, I do, but it's it's all the things we are expecting before the film starts. I mean, it's Roger Moore, so it's going to have silly music, goofy humour, and, and like whenever it's a close-in of his face, it's clearly back projection, and he's thousands of miles from away from whenever the rest of it was shot. Pretty obvious reproduction yeah, too, isn't it? It's not very good, and the thing is, he's he's now fifty-seven, and there are parts of this, and he's a young fifty-seven. As much as I've got a problem with him being cap, you know, cast in this, he's not relative to his age. He's not bad at all. But any time there's a stunt and you see someone with any kind of um, flexibility, it's clearly not Roger Moore. That's not how a 57-year-old man moves. So, frankly, it does ruin this sequence. But at the same time, take the music out of it and just say, how well filmed is it? Pretty good. It does look gorgeous as well. It does. And and this this is a pretty attractive film, actually. Yeah, I think it's uh, John Glenn. He's really good at doing the action sequences. I said before. He's very. That's he's exactly it. Yeah. His, his, his um, direction's actually pretty flat. But this sequence is is it's ruined by what Roger Moore is now and everything else. But like just in general, the the footage they took and the way it was cut together and everything else is pretty good. All the action sequences in this film do run together really well, I think. Mm. Um, just the kind of bits in between, no problems with. Oh dear. Well, it's just that specific sort of like inventing uh, surfing on. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> snowboarding. Oh, yeah. fail. Also, I, I find it I find it quite hard to believe that like a spy, like, the vehicle that he gets into, like kind of the spy ship, um, has you know you lift up the lid and there's Union Jack, his Union flag. I kind of find that a bit difficult. <laughs> I thought, what I found funny about this was um, George Best was famous for like having a couple of Miss Worlds, and this is one of them, Mary Staven. And the thing is, right, she wasn't like his girlfriend when he was winning European Cups with like Manchester United. She was his girlfriend when he was like turning out for Bournemouth in 1983. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, she's one of the Miss Worlds, and she is not Farrah Fawcett. No, she does look like Farrah Fawcett, but sadly not. I agree, sadly not. <laughs> that would be the real boon for the franchise, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an okay scene, but again... But the you, problem you don't is, see her again, do you? Really? Well, they end up, he just ends up looking pervy. Five you days know, to because they've got the age wrong. So but Anyway, uh, but, um, we also have the last Money Penny scene. Well, not the very last, but... Well, we we skipped the glory that is the the pre-title seat, the uh, the, the oh, title seat, yeah, the neon dancing girls. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, I will say, I I I'm a, I really do like the Duran Duran song. I know, I know, some people don't like it. I know, like, but I know some people do. I've actually, um, I've actually changed my opinion. I sort of watched this yesterday, well, recently, um, and before I've always been like, oh, it's my one of one of my worst. I'm not a fan. 
but actually, yeah, I actually don't mind it. I actually don't mind it. Um, I quite like all the, the neon neon nails and. Oh, it's awful. I mean, the song. But... I like the song. Yeah. I don't like the title sequence. Exactly. It's awful. Yeah, the title sequence. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the song. Hang Love on, it. you were just defending it on the basis of like it's uh, it's neon and shit. That ain't the song. That's the I mean, look, I, no, I, yeah, that's, I, what I I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Sorry. I like the neon black effects, but as the, as but as far as that goes, this is fucking terrible. When when you've got like like a you use cut out still from Roger Moore back from. The Spy You Love Me, I think. Is it, it does it, Yeah, it's the same. It's yeah. the same. Yeah, but literally, yeah. but the way he used it, they, they use it, is just dreadful. Recycled. Like, they, like yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, I mean, there, there's there's a bit where... He, They've he, not checked he, eye lines, have they? Well, they, no, they haven't, clearly they, not. There's a bit where they literally thought, oh, like, they, they pop him out, like a, st- like a still of him, just like sort of pops up, fires his wall of PPK with like a really crap looking laser thing, pew pew, and then pops back down again. And it's like, it's, it's, seriously? You thought this looked good? Like, it, it is, like, it, it's amateur, it, it feels like something a student would, filmmaker would like, maybe something in film school would be like, oh, just Gosh, dicking around with something. A student filmmaker would be way more like... Yeah, they look better. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, because they're just trying to like show off. This is lazy, and the thing is, I'm not really going to blame the director because he did two films after this that were nowhere near as lazy. No, so if you yeah, if you look at you know the next couple of Bond films and everything as well, the title sequence there's a huge step up in quality. It just you, you can't. It's just unparalleled, really. Uh, it's I mean, really, really odd. And, and yeah, so and, the title sequence, not a fan of so and, much, but this and, one. And, I love. The woman who with all the flames, like in painting the neon flames, and she's like pretending to ski really badly, and then all of a sudden she just starts turning. It's like in that Superman song, you ski, and then she gets turned to ice, and then like the fires kind of like defrost her, and she goes back to like skiing really, really badly. I think like, I just thought, what the fuck is that all about? Like. That's, that's I, the part of it I don't it's like. It's really me. lazy and, you know, oh, God, I mean, you know, all these years they've been covering, like, women's bits and they've been doing it with lighting or timing or whatever. And in this film, it's literally just, oh, just stick a bit of tape over it. It's really You can sad. see it. You can see the boob tape. Yeah, and I looked really... <laughs> I was so careful. Taking one for the team, Dave. I took one for the team. <laughs> That's not you guys' job, not me. <laughs> well, yeah, but you struggled with You Only Live Twice because of <laughs> boobs in it, you said. Well, just wait till we get to Casino Royale, you know, the bit when Daniel Craig emerges from the ocean. And you'd be like, eee! <laughs> <laughs> Pulling a tipping case on us. <laughs> hey, I did think about this when, like, when... um. So Godfrey was like emptying the boot of the car, and I was thinking grooming suitcase. Oh, <laughs> oh no! So anyway, we've talked through. Don't take and... our memory of Sir Godfrey, please. Oh, the extreme team. Okay, so yeah, skipping the title sequence. Now we get the last money penny scene. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it. I mean, by now it's just like beyond the joke. I mean, Roger Moore just it just looks like an old man. Like Money Penny just looks like she should be like in a retirement home. I, uh, yeah. She, uh, it, it, it's just like oh, I mean, they're not even trying to be flirtatious because I think if they did, like it would just induce vomit. 
if you like your grandparents, don't you? You think, oh, they really want to think about it. Especially, especially like straight afterwards, they all go to the races, and you got like four, four, no, five old people. I think Dave, yeah, Dave's said this before. It just looks like being grabbed out by your grandparents to the, to the race horse. Not <laughs> <laughs> the most exciting. Oh. Yeah, so they yeah they turn up at um, Ascot, I reckon. It is Ascot. As- as- yeah. I've been there. Lovely. No, it's really nice, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I've been there nice once. Nice cup of tea. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, I went there once not to see the races, but just to kind of have a look around. And, yeah, the location scouting. It was very cool. I've never been to Ascot. Location scouting. Were you making a movie? Making a student movie. Oh, I see. Days. About horses. But we ended up um, filming at Winchester instead, so... We couldn't get permission, <laughs> so... Right. Filmed at, at um, Shawford Station, just outside Winchester. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Intriguing. Yeah, uh, not today. <laughs> next time, next time, get it. Um, okay, yeah, so we're at the races and we see Patrick McNee. Yeah, Dream Team. Patrick Newney? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, bless him. The Dream Team is set up. We haven't got that far yet because we haven't done the Statue of Liberty. No, we haven't. Okay, Dave, why are they the Dream Team? Come on. Because, right, they are the two most charismatic human beings who've ever walked the earth. And they had the most attractive to the women who've ever walked the earth. You've got James Bond and Steve. And, ca- and they've been cast together. <laughs> I mean, they, they should have done, like, a, like, a TV show. Like, The Persuaders on The Saint, like, you know, type thing. That would have been amazing. Because they do, they do work well, well together. They they do actually have chemistry, and I do enjoy Roger Moore bullying Patrick McNee about like evening Jess going like, "Oh come on, Godfrey, God damn <laughs> it, amazing. man! Have you seen the state of my pajamas? Oh, get the car for yeah. ages. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> I wonder how long their tape they had to record for. I was like, oh, the tape ran out five minutes. I, I, well, yeah. not very long because we don't see all of it. it no, we don't. It probably went on 20 minutes. I, I, I wish there was a scene of them just recording it. <laughs> Sound protection booth with a script going through. Don't be so damned obsequious. So, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves there. So... Yeah, once again, Bond's a bit of a know-it-all, isn't he? Because they go into detail about EMPs and... Damage to microchips and things like that. It's like, well, it doesn't have a lot to do with anything. No, it's a bit, bit more of a MacGuffin, really, isn't it? I'm, I'm not quite entirely sure what the the, the plot is about because one minute it's about horses, next minute it's about microchips, and next minute it's about like drug induced what the fuck. And then I, I, I don't really, I don't really know. So basically, um, Zorin is a mysterious guy. They think it's suspicious because uh, the 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 microchip was was found with uh, the double O agent that bonds. Found dead in the pre-cycle sequence. 003. 003 Okay, so I basically think, oh, let's check out Zorin, who's a bit suspicious-looking fellow. He like who normally knows Eating French about. industrialist. Yeah, uh, with no accent. Uh, no. <laughs> no, he said he can speak five languages with no accent. He did not necessarily include uh, the okay. accent. No, he was but he doesn't. He gets a bit of a New, new York. Well, it's, it it, it, it's basically. You know, Christopher Walken, basically. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, and with uh, Mayday, who no one knows anything about, but is incredibly strong. Um, <laughs> She's an Amazon woman, I'm convinced of it. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so so basically the idea is, like, Mayday's meant to have, like, this, like, 
steroid type drugs to enhance strength. And Zorin's kind of like had to have these similar sort of um, uh, drugs to enhance like uh, uh, intellect. Is that is that right? Because he isn't really like sort of super strong. But he's... well, the thing is, right? He's uh, yeah. The doctor is like. Well, we'll get onto the horses because that plot makes makes no sense. But he's basically, you know, genetically, well, by Mutant. steroids, improved. In that, like, his mother was injected with a load of steroids and they've produced, like, really special, smart kids. But that is not reflected in the plot anywhere. It's kind of because like the one really, time he fights, uh, he gets his ass handed to him by Mayday. His plan makes no sense. So, basically, the only thing he's got left is he's blonde. He's blonde <laughs> and he's a nutter. And that's it. So, yeah. He's, he's got a he's really got... good laugh. He's got a good laugh and he's blonde. It's infectious, isn't it? It really is infectious. And is yeah, a really bad blonde thy job. So. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is a great shame is that... Um, have you seen the Weapon of Choice video? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you don't see him bust out his dance moves. Because he's known for like his song dance man, isn't he? That's his training. Um, Christopher Walken. You don't see him bust out any of those moves in this movie. It's a great shame. Yeah, we're all gutted. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. No, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Mr. Walken. I do. I do like him in his movies. Everybody likes. Does um, anyone dislike Christopher Walken? He's great. I mean, things that he's just like a presence that you just like. Yeah, fuck it, that Walken. You, you can't ignore him. Yeah, you can't ignore him. Mm. He, 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 he just brings like this a sense of like weird weirdness to something, but but a weird intense kind of quality, which he's kind of infectious. Kind of like yeah, I just fucking like walking in it and. He, yeah, he, just let him get on with it. Yeah, you can cast pretty much walking anything, I'd be happy. Yeah. Okay, so where to next? We go to Paris, up the Eiffel Tower. Oh, yes, yes. We'll use, use uh, speaking with a French uh, PI, is that right? Uh, a private called Aubergine. <laughs> He's actually called Aubergine. <laughs> actually, Aubergine. He gets stung in the face with a poison butterfly. <laughs> That's uh, so this weird. is terrible. Well, A, he dies immediately. B, why is there a restaurant in the middle of the Eiffel Tower? So <laughs> he looks like, when they show a close-up... It, the Eiffel people, Tower does have restaurants in it, though. No, it doesn't. I'm sure it does. I, I went up there, when did I go? In 95, I think. It was obviously ages ago now. I remember there was like a cafe or something at the top. But I, I, I haven't been it's since. Odd, so. I remember going to the Eiffel Tower, and I remember actually ha- like having a meal there. I'm Watching positive. Superman 2 is not the same as going to the... No, I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I generally remember, but I, I might be wrong. All right, like, okay. Was, that like, restaurant is not there, though. Okay, fair. No, fair enough. Let's Whatever go. the case, this is weird. This it's is totally... Odd, and when you see a close-up of the wound where, like, he's got stabbed in the neck, which killed him immediately, that's the quickest acting ever. poisoned ever... But the close-up of the wound looks like the like leeches going into the ears in Star Trek Two. It's horrible. It's Ooh. really like um, fake. It just look yeah. It just looks like what it is. Just like a hook in inside someone's neck. It's just like well yeah. As, and that as an idea is like right okay. We re- we have to kill this guy really secretly. I know we'll we'll kill him with this little bit of hook. It's poison. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it? Well, it has to be poison. Well, is it poison? Yeah, it's poison. It's very lazy. Yeah, yeah. It's just like... Even uh, the whole idea is that they're drawn in by this display, aren't they, with this lady and her 
and her butterflies, and then obviously Mayday comes in, ooh, as yeah. if he didn't see her. W- were you beguiled? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> you weren't? No, sadly not. Okay. Failed. Well, you know, she she killed the guy and, and did a runner, and Bond, Bond you know, chased out while stumbled after her. I mean, Yeah, there's a lot of rear projection in that chase scene, isn't there? Yes. Well, it's mainly that, I mean, the chase scene is like stuntmen. Because at no point does that look like Roger Moore. And no, it's obviously a stuntman. And he takes about a step a step at a time. When when it's Roger Moore, he, he doesn't do a lot. He thinks so, like, the action here is pretty, like, I mean, like, the way, he, I mean, I know it's Roger Moore and he's old, yeah, okay. But, like, at one point he, he, he gets, like, he, he gets beaten up by a fishing rod. Like, yeah, he's just like, this is Bond. <laughs> you know, he, he's like, he, he's really struggling with, like, a bit of tackle, tackling wire. We get a close-up of him, like, untangling Untangling it, yeah. yeah. No need for that at all. Ridiculous, chop it out. But if anybody like... wants to do a supercut of this, please do. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, the word super on the front of cut might be pushing it. <laughs> An improvement. <laughs> all right. But anyway... None of this makes sense. They're in a restaurant that doesn't exist. He's killed instantly. The wound doesn't look right. And she dives straight off a boat into Zorin's boat. None of that makes sense. Well, this, uh, this, no. this after, like, you know, uh, chasing them through Paris. Um, that awful chase as well with the French taxi driver. My car, my car. Drinking. God. Drinking as well. Drinking. He does everything apart from have wear a beret and a striped top and have onions around his neck. You know, it's, otherwise he's like, <laughs> my car, my car. <laughs> dear, dear. That's my impression of the French taxi driver. It's not my very car. good. That's not. <laughs> my car. My car. My car, my car. <laughs> Your mama was a hamster. <laughs> so that would have been better. Uh, oh God, I can't wait till we do Monty Python. That would be hilarious. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. But yeah. And, and of course, like Zorin's there. Like he's, he's meant to be like a renowned known businessman. Picks up someone who's like who's just killed like someone in public. You know, it's it's pretty. <laughs> it's like you think. Well, why would he have to be there? Why can't he just have like one like some goon just pick her up? We're told that he's you know eminent French industrialist and with connections in the government or uh, when actually hmm, he's actually yeah. slightly I suspect. mean the truth is like it's just to establish that yes he is the villain kind of thing. Yeah. Um so there we are. Uh but yeah. So they they drive off like um like manically laughing while uh, Roger Moore like swipes cake off his uh <laughs> off his off, backside. Yeah. <laughs> After ruining a, we- a-, a-, a wedding. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. He's already ruined one wedding in Living at Die, so he's doing it again now. <laughs> he's ruined more marriages than he has weddings, but... Humiliated <laughs> <laughs> husbands. <laughs> no, outraged husbands, that was it. I can't remember how it goes. And, well, okay. and, and yeah, humiliated tailors. For... <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> outraged chefs, humiliated tailors. In terms of location hopping, I mean, we don't get too many in this film, do we? We get, obviously, sort of London, um, France, and then, yeah, the big chunk of it is really in France and then in um, in San Francisco. So there's not that much of... Yeah, sorry. So there's not that great deal where, of globe, hop, globe hopping going on. Is the horse place in France... The horse place? <laughs> <laughs> the you know, you, yeah, yeah. Is that in France? Yes. Yeah, is it filmed in Chantilly? 
Yeah, it's very close to Paris. Ah, very cool. He says it when he's picked up. Yeah. He, he, you know, he, he gets off like the Eiffel Tower and everything that happens, and he ends up in a um, car where the dream team is formed. And, dream team. And he explains right. that, like, there's, it's not very far away where he's got to go. No, quick drive. But we also meet uh, Jenny Flex. Yeah, and and the and the other hench, henchwoman who um, no one gives a fuck about because she should not be named the Asian lady. Yeah, just, basically. Well, she's. I looked up her name. It's Puppy on Susu, and I was like, she doesn't have a character name. We don't know who she is. Well, it's like yeah. You know, I mean, to be fair, Flex doesn't really have much. There. I think you know, it's, it's, she's only known because she as she's called she, Jenny Flex. She, no, she, she went on to do indie. Yeah, she introduced herself, known. and then she went on to do indie, and then other than that, she's given nothing to do. Like no. none of them ever. They just. She does burn down City Hall when 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 um, Daniel yeah, yeah, Gonzalez Curry gets shot. She's the one who comes out with like the petrol pouring it around everywhere. No. But it's not a major thing. Anyone could do that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a bit of a throwaway, isn't it? Because like mm-hmm. we're getting ahead of ourselves now. But like towards the very end of the film, you kind of see her float past where um, Mayday and Roger are kind of like in the tunnels, and she's like Jenny, and it's like you don't get any sense of relationship between them, and it's just oh, wasted. Well, they're probably like they're like obviously they're Mayday's girls, you know. They're kind of like her, her two. They, yeah, but you yeah, don't really so, see that. Uh, I don't know. You, you, I, no, I, I mean, you don't really. I mean, it's it, it's only really reflected from that reaction. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, but, never mind. But yeah, that's yeah. my that's my argument anyway. <laughs> so yeah, um, so we this is where they uh, the dream scene go undercover, and they go. Uh, uh, he, 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 does, does he go there posing to buy horses like a Sinjin Smythe? Yes, basically. Yeah, he's, he's there basically to you know, but he basically plays like, oh, I'm I'm a rich buffoon. I'm just there to buy horses. Um, and uh, he first meets uh, Stacy Sutton. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a dodgy scene. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we, we said it. I, I've said it before in the last podcast. Was it last one or was it on? Uh... I don't know if we said it on air. You might have said it after we finished. I don't think it's in the final show. Okay. Well, I'll, but when I'll, it finished, we were chatting, and yeah. you just said how pervy it I'll, looked. Yeah, I just reiterate this because, like, I do. Well, what well, we do, like, look for clips to, to play at the beginning, yeah, as you probably, as listeners to this will probably know. And when looking for one, uh, for one to uh, start with, this, I, so in in isolation, this like James Bond played by Roger Moore. Looks like a pervy old man, desperate to get his end away, no matter what. And 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 uh, and May Day and Zorin kind of look like like the, the good guys, just concerned for this poor young woman, just like get her away from him. And you know, and, and May Day goes there to like basically sort of drag her away. And Bond obviously just can't get enough. Like, oh well, come on to May Day as well. And it's just yeah, that that, they, that look. I noticed earlier they have conspicuously got. Stacy out of shot when he says that because he comes on to her. Um, Mayday says in a bizarrely Russian accent, "Off you go." Yeah, her accents all over. She disappears, and Bond goes, "Oh, you'll take care of me personally." Now, if Stacy was in earshot, that might not work. Well, I tried to fuck you, and now I'm trying to fuck you. Well, that's in layman's terms. Well, that's basically what he's doing, really. Sorry. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And, 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 and it's 
and that's and that's the look he has. He kind of has this like light, light, less like ooh yes, you know. It's kind of like really sort of like eye, eyes lit up, like big smile on his face. Ding, like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, like it's like fucking hell. Calm yourself down. Well, he is nearly sixty, you know. I'm surprised he can get it up. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is just. I'm not surprised he can get it up. To be honest, they just gadget from Key Branch Viagra. <laughs> Go, go, catch it. Oh, yeah, that's a shit <laughs> Um Other, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> okay, uh, so, yeah, so, so, this, this scene in isolation is just, like, incredibly creepy and weird, uh, and and the villains look like the good guys. It's, it's, it is remarkable, but... Yeah, they yeah. come off the creepiest. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he, he has like, a quick conversation with Zorin, and he's sort of like, oh, well, I've got fire casting. He's like, oh, well, I'll best bugger off. I'm going to bugger it? off because basically you're boring me. Yeah, it was like, uh, you'll, find, you'll find the ladies stimulating company, uh, which I kind of like. It basically means they're basically there just to fucking, you know. Just a schmooze, really. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they aren't stimulating company. Um, but, no, this uh, is there, it. Yeah. But, and then later uh, on, there's a line about women's lip. It's like, well, see how far that gets you, you know. Is there? <laughs> Just, I don't know when they get to the mines, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, okay. Uh, most people have fallen asleep by the mines. I, 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 I fall asleep around the uh, the middle part when we, when we first start in San Francisco because all that stuff's kind of just boring. It's like the stuff at Stacy's house and it's just like, yeah, just... And it's a bit unnecessary. And how it? pink is our house? There's a lot of um, it's Laura Ashley. I it's think it's very pastel, isn't it? Well, it's Laura just, Ashley, it, delight. It, it's just a big house. It's just like okay. And there's not much furniture in it. No, she sold everything, hasn't she? Yeah. It's basically the the five was it five million dollar check that he gives us basically, um, being bought off, isn't she? Pretty much. Mm. It's all paid off. They say right, shut up. Yeah. She's your hash money. So anyway, moving on, the dream team go to investigate the uh, the stables. Oh, it's amazing! The dream team—they are just wow. <laughs> and and, and I team. am amazed that the mystery wasn't just given out immediately. <laughs> he didn't just go. I'm sorry, we are injecting steroids into there with a microchip in it to like regulate it, which makes no sense, by the way. Because basically, if I was into like steroids, if I injected steroids in me, I wouldn't be any faster immediately. It's all to do with, like, uh, recovery times and stuff. If it was adrenaline, I'd get it, but all right. But anyway, yeah, I'd just give it up. I mean, if the dream team were there, you'd just go, yeah, I've get, I give up. No, you just you kind of suspend disbelief, really, don't you? Because I think the whole idea is that with the steroids, it's kind of, you know, the, the jockey presses the button and the cane or in the whip. Then, you know, there it is. But so. again, it would be understandable if it was like adrenaline or something. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what it is. But, but we, it's steroids, know, but which it's, yeah. basically is something that helps you like train smarter over time. Doping. Yeah, there's a time that, um, time delay, isn't there? Really work. But anyway. But anyway, that's the science. Mm. <laughs> it's enhanced steroids. So. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And it's a Bond movie as well, so you know, scientific, I mean, scientifically this, incorrect. This whole um, Bond and. Um, and uh, what was the character's name? Is it Sir Godfrey? Sir Godfrey, Sir yeah. Godfrey Tibbet. Yeah, uh, this whole thing with Bond and Tibbet is basically sort of sneaking around in uh, in in joggers. Uh, <laughs> you know, the the, the thing so they're kind of shit. I mean, like when 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 you, Bond himself is actually 
doing a shit job at sneaking around. I mean, like, they they, they fumble about the place. They, they, they find a drug, but don't put it back exactly how it is. So basically, they get rumbled as soon as Orin, like, comes back and checks. And they, they get caught. They have a fight. So clearly, like, they've, they've broken. They stay longer than they... Uh, Intended to, they, so they don't have. Oh shit, we'll be we missed. The tape finished. The tape runs out. The tape ran out half an hour ago, so we better get back before we miss. Like, well, I think that's probably too late. But, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it directly leads to fucking that tree. <laughs> it does. It, does it, 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 it is just fucking. Oh, it is weird. It's it's a, it's a bizarre scene, and it's cut odd as well because like there's several frames cut out, and that's because Grace Jones had a dildo hanging between her legs. I'm not kidding, she did. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the reason why her and Roger don't speak anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, they are totally the same demographic that we always <laughs> looked at those two and thought they are going to be great mates. Oh, dear. They, they just looked wrong. I mean, like, it, it, something kind of, like, odd, something oddly, weirdly kind of fascinating, but just weird and wrong. It, 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 you know it's wrong, but you can't not look away. Yeah. It's like just seeing like them two in bed together. It just like... But she's with, on top, so with, she gets the upper With hand, Roger's so. wrink, wrinkly old body. <laughs> and her like just literally just looking like... She's like, right, let's get, yeah, let's get it over with. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, hmm, yeah. Mm. But, uh... But anyway, yeah, they get rumbled straight away because they go and check the drugs. They go, oh, yeah, look, that's in the wrong place. Right, well, you know, we, we must kill them both now. And, and uh, yeah. Like every other Bond villain, yeah. he never does it. Well, they, they, they kill Tibbet, no problem. Um, yeah, you get death by car wash. And then, and then they decide to kill Bond in a kind of, like, weird kind of, I don't know, join me for riding Um Oh, by the way, we have skipped all past the point where, the, where he finds out it's 007 on, on his computer. That was oh, yeah, amazing the, the in 1985. It, it really was. That Technology. Was like, fucking, it was fucking graphic. <laughs> I remember, like, being, it's like being it's magic computer. It is like magic. I remember, like, seriously, because being at school, I think my school was a bit rubbish, and we had, like, the really awful, like, the BBC computers, and I, those are quite similar to the ones that we used, and this was, like, early, well, mid-90s, and it's like, what the hell? I just, I, just, I just like want to know what the fuck he's typing in. Although he's got a camera, like sort of, sort of takes his picture. And he's like there typing in like information. Oh yes, really. Hmm. Who this is, is welcome to Zoran system on the front. Oh yeah. Well, well, oh well. He's a he's a he's a he's a, a British secret agent with a license to kill. Oh, usually armed, extremely dangerous. He had like. I love laughing. the way he like reasons with the computer. He says yeah. he claims to be. He so claims who to is be. He? And it's like, is that how you, like, talk to a computer? Well, he's saying this. Can you, like, check it out for me? <laughs> Can you verify, please? Yeah. Seems to be. Yeah, it's very 80s PC. But, yeah, now, but now it was really dated. amazing at the time because yeah. that graphic almost looked like Roger Moore. It nearly well did, you know. It was like <laughs> some, what's it called, like the Matrix printer, I think. It, it, was, um, it was pretty much an advanced version of the, the, the computer in um, For Your Eyes Only. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Identograph. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, oh yeah, but for your eyes only had a sexy parrot. <laughs> the youngsters are more likely to like that. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say Margaret Thatcher doesn't count, but <laughs> no. <laughs> 
There's no reason for sexy. It was parrot. another set of boots. <laughs> I don't think the kids would have loved the sexy parrot, to be honest. So. Well, I did. <laughs> I think we all did. Anyway, um, secretly we loved all Max. Really loved it. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. The... Not now, Becca. We're recording. Oh, sorry. So, Bond... so yeah, chase of death. So yeah, so yeah, so Bond, so uh, Bond uh, goes to race with Zorin, and like, he... what exactly is he like? They have a race, and imagine that. Okay, fine. Like, we'll just basically beat Bond up with like the load of guys. But yeah, they set up like lots of like cheating techniques that trip up the henchmen themselves, which are just kind of like, what? What's the point in that? What are you trying to do? It's, like, it's it, a shooting scene in Mirica, isn't it? Pretty much, you know, it takes a while. You know, come and do some sport with me, Bond. But in the meanwhile, it'll be rigged in my favour. And it's just like, oh, why? What's the point? You know? Yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't, I don't quite get it. And uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, it's just. If, if he knows, if he knows he's a spy, then why offer him? Because he's like, you know, well, if you win this race, you know, you'll you'll win the ethics called gratis. But if you if you fall, you lose. And it's like, well, what's the point? Why does he do that? If he knows he's he knows he's a secret agent. And he sets people to beat him up as well, and so if it was just a flat, a flat if he did set up as a flat race and just got his like goons to basically just like beat the shit out of him, yeah. But as they did it, <laughs> I, I could kind of go, okay, well that's how you, that's how you decide to do it. But it's like, oh well, going to like booby trap the the jump lanes, which yeah, kind of trip up the guys who are there to beat the crap out of you as well. So it's like you know, so all you, all you have to do is just basically focus and do what I exactly what I do and, and get out of. The, the traps and you find you don't have to worry about them guys. It's no, weird, it's, weird. it's yeah, it's weird. But anyway, but Bond basically do, like, does a leg for it and he gets caught. Basically, up in the bottom of a lake. <laughs> well, well, this is one of the things where like uh, he finds out the Tibbet's dead and um, he, you know, it, he, the game is up basically and like uh, and Zorin goes, like, oh, you amused me, Mister Bond. The feeling's not mutual. Yeah, it, and, and, and more says it dead, dry, dead dry as well. He's like, you know, you know, he's serious, but he's not even smirking. <laughs> no, he's really serious in this movie, actually. Isn't yeah. he? Apart from obviously where he's romancing Tanya, but um, yeah, you know, he is just found even, out sorry. he's killed an ally as well. So that is like a typical thing for Bond. Like, oh no, yeah, no. Obviously, he would be serious. Sure, he wouldn't be taking it lightly. Yeah, so. he'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I just want to fucking kill this fuckwit. <laughs> you <laughs> so, bastard! You killed my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dream team is over, sadly. No, not not in our hearts. No, <laughs> no they all live on forever and ever. Amen. Oh, One yeah, no. bumbled mission. We're and... still pals. <laughs> it's personal now. Um... It's personal now. <laughs> in that voice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so where to from here? We see Goggles standing up. He's not seated behind a desk. What's going on? I was confused by this. I mean, we see him sat down a bit later in the car doing some incredible overacting. But at this point, I, I am just stunned. It's amazing he can stand up. <gasps> it looks quite upset, isn't it? Because basically, you know, they go to have a meeting with Zorin. Um, well, if you did nothing but get blowjobs, you'd be upset. <laughs> you weren't getting one. Rubovich isn't <laughs> even in this film. <laughs> you don't even see a secretary at all. Uh, yeah, I know. Obviously, that's why he's so upset, you know. Yeah, you didn't see his like a uh, massive but really lacking finish office. 
Yeah. Uh, Any is off versus like. Oh. Uh, well, um, yeah. So, so basically, he's here to kind of like go Azor and you still work for the KGB. Come back. Essentially, is what he's doing. Essentially, that's what. That's, what he, that's it. Let's be chums. You're like, no, I don't consider myself a KGB agent. I don't consider us chums. No, no chums. And then Mayday lifts a man up behind, above her head to say, no, he doesn't want to be chums. Again, like, totally wrong, because he's supposed to be the genetically ha- enhanced one. But at every turn, it's Mayday who's, like, stronger and better and everything else. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Well, again, it's like, yeah, I mean... Sh- so she can like observe, like look at my strength. With his intellect, with his like intellect, can only be represented in the script. And yeah, he's he's, he's the brains, and she's the, the problem is the script is dumb as fuck. So yeah, like, you know it's it's not going to come through. So basically, you just got the got basically all Christopher Walken's got is like, well, I'm just going to act manic, basically, and just laugh at any opportunity and just like and just it's a crazy performance. Yeah, basically. Walking, you know. <laughs> That's my one of the attempts to do walking. I'm not going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing. Oh. No, yeah, was amazing. yeah, anyway, the, the next bit that really this is really hard cut and it really always. So far, this is going to be a two minute show. We'll keep going though. This is. It's... <laughs> but anyway, so you know, the next scene that we see is like the boardroom meeting in the blimp. And the way this is cut together, it's such a hard cut for me. Yeah, I, just, it, I, always, I always struggle it, with it. It's not often you cut from uh, a scene featuring uh, one character and you cut to another scene featuring the same character. Normally it's like you get cut to different people and it just feels more naturally. It does feel yeah. a bit like, oh, what the fuck? Um, it always it, surprises me every time. I'm like, oh. <laughs> just jars a little bit. And, and and again, it, it is, this is basically the the bit where it's like, oh, we're going to do finger, um, Goldfinger. It is pretty much Goldfinger all over again. Yeah, and he does whole he does this whole plan like I'm going to basically drown. Uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, Silicon Valley. Uh, and then like ba- and come up with my own microchip company and make millions. Uh, <laughs> well, Silicon Valley are done me own. Yeah, screw you. So that means Google and you know Microsoft and all that. <clears throat> Don't give a crap. Yeah, um. which is which is like was in a review of uh, uh, Roger Ebert that said um, that this would achieve nothing because all he's doing is killing his customers. <laughs> yeah, <'Cause>... literally, <laughs> very poor plot device there. So, mm-hmm. ba- so basically, he's he's going to destroy all the microchip companies and sell his own microchips. Yeah, it's not his own cartel. But, like, the, the people who buy the microchips will be there as well, essentially. Yeah, so he is, he is yes. killing all his customers, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's very astute, but there is a legend. <laughs> but, oh. you know, but, yeah, this is, like, a, yeah, a late 80s bomb film. Well, Roger Moore bomb film, so... Um, Anything's possible. Yeah, but anyway, it's basically golfing again, and, like, the ask like, oh, hey, everyone is, like... Uh, are you in? I've got. I'm, I, you give me a hundred million each, blah blah. blah and like, well, I will not agree. He's well, like, how much? Yeah, and I, and I liked how like he, he he told him his plan, and he was like, oh well, this is something highly legal. I want no part of it. Uh, would you Would you mind saying outside? Oh, of course. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he falls over to his death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But I do think that line. Anyone wants to drop out? I think that's that's good. Funny. That's a good line. That raises a chuckle from me. 
Well, no, well, it's not his one line. Well, not it's not a line where he says like, "We go to Mayday." Like, it's a good view. It's a it's a view to a kill, which makes oh, no fucking sense. Shoehorn in title of the film. Oh my god! What a view to a kill. That doesn't <laughs> even make any sense. Totally it's not like obviously what you know when it's titular like Goldfinger Rocks or whatever, but that just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, but if the villain of the film had been called Max, a view to a kill, I think that would have been shoehorned in a bit much. <laughs> It'd be called Max at the end. It's not very good. This this film's not very good, bizarrely. No, we're going through it okay. So, but yeah, it, none of it's that offensive. Like he's too old, but he looks better than he did in Octopussy. For me, he's a little bit slimmer. He's had a, I think he's had a small he face. He certainly had the um, mole removed. And although the the hair is like overly frozen in place, he kind of looks all right. And he does look better, to be he, honest. He's I mean... better in the role, apart from a little bit of mugging here and there. He's better in the role than I I like remembered and was expecting. Definitely. A, when I say it's a very Dalton esque performance, I certainly don't mean like roughness or anything like that. What I actually mean is that I always thought Dalton was very good at the caring stuff. The way he like looked after the women in his films, and he's very like that with Stacy, which is the one thing that mitigates their massive age difference. He's more like a father figure, I guess, isn't he? Well, I think so. Yeah, him. yeah, definitely. I think so. I'm not going to pretend this is good, and I still think like they haven't thought about the casting enough. But at the same time, <laughs> they, they they have at least kind of mitigated it a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, from here on in, we pretty much spent the rest of the film in um, San Francisco, didn't we? Which is crap. This bit Aww. of the film is absolute shite. I was looking at, I was doing a bit of a time check, and it, it's kind of where Stacy comes around. Well, you you see her earlier in the film, but like as a major character, she comes along at about one ten, something like that. That's quite a long time, isn't it? Because yeah. she's like the main Bond girl. You and don't then see she's her till around for the rest of the film, but like I think it's around an hour and a half that they go towards like Silicon Valley, and it's not that good. No, you take a long time to get into it. And, yeah, that's, that's one of the big problems. In terms of character development, mm. you know, she's, like, meant to be the principal Bond girl and you don't kind of get to find out more about her until, yeah, like, one hour 10, one hour 15 into, into it. And it's like, what? Really? It's just as well, because she's not very good. No, she's she's very beautiful, but she's not my favourite. Um, she's a bit of an airhead, bless her. Love I mean, decoration. Like, you know, she's not, like, good night bad. She's not I would probably below Goodnight, unfortunately. How? Or just because she's like a triple well, X. Th- think of their relative roles in the film. Well, I, I know, I know. I mean, but put I'm it saying, this way. If they, were, if they were both playing the same role, I could understand you saying to us, well, cast Britt Eklund of the two of them, but their relative roles and what oh, no, yeah, in the film enough, would just go, well, like, Stacey Sutton's nowhere near as ruinous. It's half the reason I don't have quite the problem with... Um, uh, no, good night. Actually, yeah, I, I don't have the same worse. problem with Christmas Jones as some because she's bad, but like she's not as all over the film as some others. No, fair enough. Good night's worse. And you know, and Tiffany Case is probably like, but, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, 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 midnight. But and but moving, uh, yeah, I, I, the thing is though, she just I, the thing is the script doesn't give her anything to do so she's pretty much like just got given oh i'm just gonna play clueless with the just whole gonna film. screech pretty much, go, pretty james, much. Go, james, shut up james 
Yeah. yeah and the problem is, there's a bit of a sort of squeaky scratch in her voice, so it's yeah. it's, it's not good. Did you look like a husky voice? And you just like, oh, so, face. Put her on mute. So um, when you talk sorry. about so sorry, Dave. So when you talk about um, Roger Moore's like Dalton S performance in this, do you, are you referring to uh, the time where uh, he cooks her quiche? Yes, because Dalton <laughs> strikes me as somewhat of a chef. No, it's more the fact that like I'm, I don't understand that quiche um, a bit at all. It's a bit random, isn't it? It's like, oh, what is it? Oh, it's a quiche. Yeah, it's scrambled eggs. It's not an omelette. It's, yeah, it's an omelette. Isn't it like an omelette? That's sort of what I would be. It's nothing like an omelette. No, it's a quiche. Based, that's about it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. That's how interested we are in this film, debating whether it's a quiche or an omelette. Well, it's a quiche. <laughs> I know it's a quiche. I'm just not going to bother anymore. <laughs> With what? The whole film. What are we going to talk about for the next half an hour? It's not well, very good. No, not but very good. I don't get as upset with this film. Roger is has been too old for several years now, but he doesn't look as bad as he did in Octopussy. I prefer the lead villain to Octopussy. Grace Jones, I don't like, but she kind of like entertains me in a strange kind of way, and. You know, it's okay, and the first half isn't too bad. But, I mean, we are struggling to find, and I've made this point before, we are struggling to find compliments about the series that once ruled the world. You know, remember, Goldfinger, Thunderball, I know Phenomenon's end, but we are now watching an old man. And the thing is, they put this out in, like, June or something, it's not even like it was buried in the schedules. This was like their summer blockbuster. So, yeah, this was like your first double O. Um, on the cinema, big screen, yeah. it was. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, how about that? Totally on. Yeah, and I liked it then, and I don't hate it now, but he is at least, at least six years past where he should be playing this role. What, what was. Um, can you remember like, that far back when you saw it? What were the things you actually liked about it at the time? I think I, I, I think I kind of I like the build up because they put like big I know it sounds such a tiny thing now, but bear in mind I was kid a kid. They put like big cardboard cutouts of like Grace Jones and like Roger Moore in the cinema and outside it. So you'd go in and take your seat and they're there at the front. And then you got like a gun barrel, which I've always totally loved. And so a lot of it was some of the Bond tropes. Um and apart from that I don't really know. I just remember enjoying it. And and as an eight-year-old, this stuff's kind of funny. You know, it is kind of quite funny. Because I remember saying uh, that was funny, I think, when I left. I'm not saying I hate it now, but I think some of what I liked about it was age-specific. And the fact that they make a lot more... um, They made a lot more effort to make things feel like an event than they do now. Well, a Bond film is definitely an event thing now. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. it's an event thing now, but, like, what's the difference? Apart from the numbers of people walking into the screen, yeah? Yeah. What's the difference when you turn up to see Bond than when you turn up to see fucking anything else? <sighs> Nothing in the cinema itself. Whereas what I'm saying is, oh, right. back then, if there was a Superman film, there'd be something that denoted that, like, it was a special evening. Right, I get it, yeah. I suppose Star Wars probably have that as well. They'd have, like, people dressing up and 
Jedi's and lightsabers and yeah, cosplay. Yeah, but when like with superhero films, you kind of have uh, people just turn up the regularly, but they'll be all wearing like comic book t-shirts. Yeah, absolutely. Basically. But um, yeah, that's no, in, in, interesting. That so uh, so basically, don't get the fanfare in the cinema itself. You know, it's like kind of like that's exactly yeah. it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the good old days or anything like that because. I just think ev- everything has like its pluses and its minuses, and like you know, you go to the cinema now, the seats are more comfortable, the sounds better. You know, there's lots to be said pro and minus, but there was something when I was a kid about making a little bit more of an event of it than they do now, and I got caught right in the middle of that for this, and. I, I yeah, I mean I really liked it at the time and, and the whole the one thing I do remember really liking, although I can't tell you what it was about it I liked, is I liked the whole whole Eiffel Tower thing. Really? But yeah, so, so you really bought the whole like oh kill a guy with a fish hook. No, I don't think it was that. I just think it was the whole I don't know what it was. I just I quite like the stunt. It's quite a good stunt, I think. I think it was the whole look and feel of it as much as anything yeah. else. I suppose. I mean, the things that it does have a good aesthetic. Like I said, like the the score is really good, and I think that does help it. You know, build it up to more than what it actually is. I think. Um, so. I mean, if if you saw this like, and you'd never seen another Bond film, you'd kind of be a little bit like, "Why? If, that strange casting," but you'd also be like... I mean, it all hangs together kind of all right. A lot of the plots doesn't make a massive amount of sense, but it's kind of all right. Um, it's Bond. It's not meant to make sense. It's not that bad. Yeah, but it's meant to like at least follow some kind of narrative. Some kind of training logic. I mean, it's like, like I say, the whole like steroid thing doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But... They didn't put you off there, Dave. Yeah, it, it hangs together okay. And the fact is... I find the Dream Team amazing. I find that so funny that they put those two <laughs> together in like casual fucking like tracksuits and stuff. When, Sorry, I, I took, and then when Bond's got to have a fight, I took some more drink down and wondered where that was going to go. Against Big Ron from EastEnders. Yes, I thought he looked familiar. I was like, so no, 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 I recognise that face. Like, what the hell are they thinking? But like, some of the locations are quite nice. The villain's pretty good. Roger's mugging too much, but he's okay. None of this is like absolutely ruinous to somebody who's been following the series. I think a bit like Octopussy. Like if you'd never seen this series and watched it, you'd be this is mental. Why have you cast a pensioner? Um, but <laughs> but <clears throat> a bit like Octopussy. If you've been following it, it's about how much you're into what you're watching, and it's all right. Yeah, we also get. Um... Uh, go go um, go Mac with it, what nearly could have been a triple X return. Yeah, the, nearly, the, yeah. the whole um, uh, Polar Ivanova should have been triple X. Yeah, that uh, would have been fascinating. And Barbara Back said no. No, she said no. She said Nyet. no. She, said, no, no <laughs> that, she put all her emotion into it and said no. Said, no. She said, no, no. It was like I think it's more like no. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, that would that would have been it. No, no. <laughs> I find this. I find the script very disagreeable. That's what I've probably. Wait off, not fingered. 
<laughs> Basically, <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, so that, that's a, that's a little odd, random thing where like he sort of remembers this old Russian spy uh, in the jacuzzi. Even over, yeah, yeah. In Philadelphia, it was on Strictly a while ago. Better. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Fun fact: there, people. Obviously, dancing with the stars. If you're in America. Well, um, right. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. So yeah, sorry. But I watched it. Of I, and she actually danced to V2 Kill as well. Yeah. What are you talking about? Barbara Bug? No. The... Gina Fullerton. Yeah. The... Yeah, she was in it. <laughs> she did. Did you see her Tchaikovsky when she did like a bit of a spin? <laughs> that line that, uh, that kills me is so funny. <laughs> My it's actually delivered quite well because it is, if, you, if you described it, you would it would sound awful. No, but she plays it really well. The, right, timing actually. Is brilliant. the timing is brilliant. But his hair doesn't move and he doesn't sweat. and Oh, fuck, it's dreadful. And the other <laughs> thing is, what's that meant to be? It's a bit like they've met up and gone, let's go to some sleazy massage parlour. Yeah, it's, it's, well, but guessing we don't need being... to hire anyone when we get there because we've got each other. <laughs> no, this is it. I'm guessing it must be Chinatown or somewhere in the Bay Area. So even though it's like a... Was it Nippon Spa? So obviously, if I knew Japan, perhaps. So rather than Chinatown, it's it's probably the the CIA agents like half flat, really. Probably, because <laughs> <laughs> of course that's how all like faint the age people design their houses and flats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Made you look out like a Japanese onsen. Yeah, so this is like a, yeah, yeah, the bubble sticker for Tchaikovsky. Um. <laughs> If I ever go to Japan and visit an onsen, I shall try not to let that happen. Yeah. What, you're going to try not to sauna with Roger Moore? Yeah, generally I'll let his wife get on with that one. Um, so anyway. But he's amazing. Even as an old man, he turned everybody on. It must, he must just be great. It's magic. He's one half of the dream team, don't you know? Well, I think he's the junior half of the dream team. By some considerable years. I think so. In a lot of ways. I mean, my God. You learned everything from McNee. You learned everything from McNee. (laughs) Newney. Yeah. Patrick Newney. Oh, yeah, Patrick McNee. He's such a legend. He's awesome. Gutted when he died. I was really upset. I thought, 93, gone too soon, I thought. (laughs) My old age. No, that's incredible, though, I think, because, you know, we are living longer in this country, so... Are we? And people like Christopher Lee. I'm only in my 30s. I'm not living longer yet. <laughs> we'll be soon. If we, all died, if we all died now, we could not support that as an argument. I agree with you, Becca, but... <laughs> thank you, thank you. We're all living longer in this country, except the people who haven't lived long enough. I missed the whole scene, where Zoran is basically claiming to pump seawater into the pipes well yeah that basically establishes like uh trying to find out what zorin's after and then he finds out there's actually russian agents doing trying to do the same thing and that basically causes the whole like there's something about a tape i don't know which i don't fully understand and never have yeah uh so uh and there's a bit of like a bit they have like a thing in the jacuzzi where they're kind of like like sleeping with each other but it's really game to get the tape um, and of course, yeah, it's old switcheroo, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and Bond wins because you kind of like, you know, you know because they're triple X and there ain't go, you know, my guy, my guy. 
it's, it, Gogol, uh, I love Gogol, but Jesus, does he overact in that scene in the car? The way they both look at the tape. He's like, duh. Ooh. <laughs> not very good, is it? In, in, in reality, she would have been, uh, that Russian agent would have been uh, shot for failing. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go around. Anyway, uh, so, uh, now we move to Bon Bon seduces uh, Stacy with Quiche. And. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I often seduce women with something a bit cheeky. And Stacy gets fired from a um, city hall job from the mayor for like she just won't let let the Mac Zoran thing go, so she gets fired. And um, in a scene that's kind of oddly cut, which is really weird. But um, yeah, it's really really put together, isn't it? Uh, what is the the when when Stacy sort of gets fired? Uh, That's really odd. Uh, I don't think we were even completely sure she worked there before she was sacked. Yeah. No, just kind of, yeah, she makes a vague line about being taking a job as a state geologist mm. so she can keep on her house and after selling all the furniture. It's almost like they haven't thought this character through. <laughs> no, she's not. No. God forbid, you know. Wait, you telling me that they, they wrote, they did a poor job on the script, Dave? I think they might have gone. <laughs> Fit blonde with eyeliner, <laughs> and that might have been her entire arc. That's her entire character. That's her yeah. arc. Oh god, good enough for me. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, uh, and then uh, they try and sneak in uh, to, to like get the files on uh, Zorin, but Zorin like breaks in himself and uh, kills the mayor, which is kind of okay. That's a big deal, really. I, I do, I do like. It's like that would mean me. Dead! He shoots him. Dead! Um, like that. Yeah. Dead! Uh, and Christopher um, Walken is clearly... I mean, I'm no gun expert, but Christopher Walken has clearly never held a gun in his entire life. No, and that bit where he goes like, oh, intuitive improvisation is the secret of genius with a loaded gun. It's like, what the hell? You, you should see uh, Bill Nye try to hold a gun. He holds it with two fingers. It's like, no one holds a gun like that. He has a medical condition. Does he? Who does? Bill Nye. Yeah, he's got... um. It's not it's something like arthritis, but he's basically only got like two fingers on each hand or something. He's got a medical condition. Oh, is that why? So, so also yeah. the film basically plays a hitman. And he's like every time he holds a gun, he's like it looks like a really sort of unique way of doing it. It's like <laughs> oh, no one holds a gun like that. And it's I like that. Oh, it's like, okay. Well, fair, yeah, it's, fair it's, enough. That's what, yeah, there's a valid reason behind that one. So. Fair enough, but it, it just looks odd. <laughs> it looks weird. Yeah. Uh, there's no excuse for Christopher Walken. I don't you know don't know what's wrong with him. I, I don't know, maybe it's just like being like <laughs> fun, just being wacky and just like. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically the, the, bur- the burn city hall down, Bond escapes with Stacey, heroically. Uh, the, the policeman turns up and immediately wants to arrest him, even though he's got no real reason for it, really. It's like, you know, it's like. No, he's basically being framed, isn't he, pretty much? Well, yeah, kind but of. But they, not really. they just know the mayor's been murdered. And and they and they, and he gets found. Bond gets found with a you know, Bond stupidly goes like, "Oh, we found this thing. Oh, that's mine." It's like it's just to, it's just to say, <laughs> "That's I, mine. Thank you." Yeah, no, you, don't touch it. Yeah, you would have. You know, I might just keep my mouth shut and just pretend that you know I was just happened to be in the building. You know, <laughs> but it's like, oh yeah, I'll take I'll, I'll take ownership of the 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 murder weapon. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
you know. But to be fair, he does. And, and again, why is Bond running? It's like, fine, take me down station. Question me. Oh, what's that? Yes, I have a license. Yeah, because the thing is, M has <laughs> got him out of those situations several times. So they ring up with some sort of code word or something. Yeah. It's just like, it would have been like, oh, that's so everyone, everyone tracks this guy. Oh, what's he? He's a British agent. He's got a license skill. So that instantly makes him right. Oh, okay. You know? So, yeah, the, the, he would have like, and of course, M would have just got him out anyway because it would have been like, well, you're a very important person, blah, blah, blah. So, why is he running? I don't understand it. And plus, if it's. Because it, we need a top action sequence. Where he dangles off the edge of a fire truck. Well, he doesn't, does he? Well, no, he, has a, he has a cup of tea while some bloke about 30 years younger does it. <laughs> but he does his best to mug whilst he's pretending to dangle off the edge of a fire truck. Oh, God, it's really bad. And she it's screams, really obvious she, screams, she seems, screams James so many times. Shut up, shut up. Oh, that, that, this, and this, this is another thing, right? Like, if you were Stacey, why the fuck would you trust this guy? Because... Like, it, it literally, when you first meet him, he tells him he's just like Lord Sinjin Smythe. When he, when he meets him, he, he tells him he's like, oh no, I'm a, I'm a journalist. So, like, then later, then later on, it's like, oh no, really, I'm a British spy. Oh, really? Are you? Really? You know. Still Dick Tracy, you know. <laughs> you know, oh, like, I bet like at some point she's thinking, oh god, he's going to find, he's going to tell me someone else in a bit. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's incredibly odd. Um, and, uh, and 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 he goes like, no, really, I actually am like a British uh, a British spy. And she goes, okay, puts on puts on a helmet and like and, and, and like busts the the horn on the fire truck. It's like as if like, oh, well, I don't care. But so how, how does she know? How does she know where the horn is? Yet when she has to take over the wheel, she doesn't know what she's doing. In isolation, is that a real question? How does she know where the horn is? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing she knows how where the horn is. Well, she's in her thirties. I mean, you you tend to find out by that age. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we've got all that. They basically run away from the police for no reason whatsoever, and uh, because reasons, because reasons, because scripts, because stunt. script. And then, and then we get to all. Is this the whole mind bit then? Yeah, this is not good. The, 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 the mind bit's awful, actually. So basically, they decide to sneak in because they they figure out that oh he's planning something big and it's happening like tomorrow. So when you say they decide to just sneak in, would you prefer they went in screaming with their arms waving? <laughs> you think it would be better if they went? <laughs> Sorry, that took with me. Well, what what strikes me odd is they already sort of like. Hey, Chris, if you, if you choose the right pitch, Becca gets to talk. <laughs> it sounds like when there's um, Monty Python Pepper Pot women and there's sort of high-pitched screeching. Well, what strikes me as odd is they already snuck in pretending to be employees and they find, like, oh, we found some spare uniforms. And then, right, well, let's let's sneak in, in on, on, like, a load of dynamite under, under, under some covers. Or just walk in with everyone else. I don't understand why they're. It's very lack of security. Yeah, why yeah. put the uniform on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're already like dressed as if they weren't there, and they decide. Yeah. Well, she's not. Just... She's not wearing the. Perhaps that's how staff arrive every morning. I mean, that, you know, when she's wearing a high heel. I mean, yeah, but she's you know in terms of With like. Slip, there we are. I mean, to be honest, the film's like 
completely just stupid anyway. So it, it, it by this point it wouldn't phase me that she just like doesn't look like she belongs there. Would wouldn't, wouldn't strike me as a. As a... You're making this sound film this film sound disappointing. <laughs> well, it no, kind of is. It kind of is. It has its moments, but it kind of is disappointing. Um... Fun fact, kids: part of this film was filmed at the uh, Amberley Mine Museum in West Sussex. So go and visit. So we watch mean? This is not... yeah. Go and watch one of the weaker Bond films, and the bit... <laughs> and not, 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 not only go and commemorate one of the weaker Bond films. Go and see like the bit of that film that bored everyone that they can't remember. Oh no, it's interesting though. I mean, apart from you know, because it was supporting films that support the UK film industry. But if you want to do a bit of location scouting in the UK, that's away from London. This is one place that you can visit. If you want to support the UK film industry, folks, make a micro-budget film starring the three of us. <laughs> be way better. Let's do it, let's do it. Would it? We, can, we make all the Bond movies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play all the roles. I think I'd make an excellent Sylvia Trench. <laughs> Shoulda. Um... Shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> um, no, 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 no offence, Dave, but... Triple X, but... you ain't. But I'm way hotter than her. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, you can go to you can visit Amberley uh, Museum, and um, they they you know you can see sort of the Zora and Nogo kind of faintly painted on the carts that they used to kind of run around. So interesting, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting how Zorin is like they had to put like things like the name Max Zorin is nowhere. Which is not, it's an odd thing for a bomb film to start with. It's, yeah, very strange, isn't it? It's like, huh? But yeah, it was apparently like Max Owens like a real guy. Uh, I, I imagine they found that out like after filming or something. But no, he's probably some. He is really like a French industrialist or something, Max like or something like that. And he's like any was any Max Owens. Yeah, was, <laughs> pronouncing it in a French way, I don't know. That was beautiful, Max <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done GCSE German at school rather than French, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it could have been a real person. There we are. Could have been. Could have been. Could have been, uh, of course. Wasn't. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, yeah, they all blow up the mine and, yeah. Bond gets found out, so he escapes, so he's like, oh, no, I'll just, I'll just blow everything up and I'll just go crazy and shoot all my workforce. That's pretty much um, it, in a nutshell. I, I think it's amazing how they got these blue-collar workers uh, doing something criminally illegal that will kill, like, thousands and thousands of people. And they're like, well, well like, so you must have a really good pension scheme, Max Oren. I'm not sure they've thought this film through. No. You don't say. <laughs> uh, so I, I do really like this scene. Um, the, you know, it, it is oddly violent. It's, it's actually quite violent as well. You're thinking about that. Going, this is a Roger Moore Bond film and we're seeing blood squibs and like and people like sort of horrifically getting murdered. There's, there's a close-up where you see him kind of like shooting up people, him and Scarpine, and there's, you cut back to Walken and he's clearly enjoying it. And then you cut to another scene where there's like, a guy trying to reach up, you know, help me. And you see him literally just get riddled with bullets. And it's really, I mean, and then later on when, um, when kind of, you know, the mine's flooded, you see Mayday and Bond kind of drop down, in, you know, into into the water. Um, and then, like, Jenny Flex's body floats by. And it's just like, what? It's oddly, tonally, it's completely different to the rest of the film. I mean, you won't see, like, a more violent Bond again until probably to the Brosnan era, I guess. Well, until next week. <laughs> well, to, uh, to, to, to well Dalton, life is the yeah. kill. We have to make several production minutes for the, yeah. the next one as violent as this. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, yeah, License to Kill, slap with it, was it? Slap with a 15 certificate for the home release, so 
Yeah, but there was no twelve on home release then, so it can't. No. It's kind of a bit meaningless. I mean, it, it kind of had to be, but yeah, it kind of had to be. Was, was, was license not a fifteen anyway? License was a fifteen at the cinema, but again, uh, actually, I'm not sure if the twelve was out by then. No, because it came out in the summer. The twelve hadn't quite arrived. No, no. I, I think Batman was a twelve, wasn't it? Like, Batman right? was a twelve. Batman was twelve. Yeah. That was the same year as license. The first I remember is the Abyss, but um, bear in mind we're used to like. Bond being like October, November now. But I think, well, Batman was definitely August, and, and I think License to Kill was actually before that. It was a summer release. I don't think there was a 12 to give it. Yeah, no, maybe not. Yeah, I think they pushed for a 12, but they got a 15 and were like, oh, okay. No, I think if they'd been a 12, they'd have got one. Either way, I mean, it almost doesn't matter. The fact is, um, License to Kill was a very compromised film in terms of what the public wanted, and it was only hurt more by that Roger Moore actually said on his commentary to this film this was his least favourite and he said it was too violent and he was shocked when he saw it because he didn't sense any of that when he was filming it well no because it's, it's, it's this one bit that is actually quite graphic is actually he's not nowhere near it really well, you would have thought he would have saw, seen the script, but then, obviously, whatever the script description of this was, it wasn't what he thought was going to come out. Which is... It's weird how an action star like Roger Moore doesn't like violence on, on screen. He's a pacifist, isn't he, sort of famously? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's famously a pacifist, and, and that's fine, you know. It's, yeah, it's, fair enough. Uh, I, I didn't. My, my biggest problems with with Roger Moore are not to do with the fact that his films aren't violent enough, and they're not even to do with the fact that he's not very good at action. Except right near the end, where most of the action scenes are being performed by somebody quite clearly younger and lither than yeah, him. Yeah, it's really obvious. So it's quite clear it's not him, even if you can't see the face. And then but, when it is, it's even this really obvious rear projection. Absolutely. So I, I don't really have a problem with the fact that he's not a man of action. That that's really not the issue, and the fact that he thought this film was too violent, well, I'm not sure I agree, but fine, our taste is all different. But the fact is, this is this is Roger Moore's least favorite of his Bond films by by a distance. So he like like this less than uh, Few Eyes Only, because of all. Well, he's never bad mouth for Your Eyes Only. We've only ever said that he probably doesn't like that by exception, in that he barely mentions it. Whereas this film, he openly said that like he enjoyed filming it, nothing was wrong, but then when he went to see the end result, he was like, nope. Alright. So, so even Roger thought it was shit. Yes, even Roger <laughs> thought it was shit. Oh. And even he, quote, said, I was only about 400 years too old. Yeah. Yeah, he knows by that point he's, he's too old. He knew, but then who can blame him? They're paying him a nice amount of money to turn up every couple of years and work with people he really likes. You know, Roger Moore is Roger Moore is the problem, but the, the fact that he carried on playing it is not my problem. My problem is with Eon. You know, as I say, the horse racing scene isn't too bad in this, but you've got Money Penny far too old, you've got Q far too old, in my opinion, as good as Desmond Llewellyn was, and you've got like James. Well, he carries Bond, on till the end. He does, but I mean, the fact is that, like, if you'd replaced him here at the same time as Money Penny, no one would have complained. It's only the fact that he went on so many years that he was seen as like the good luck, you know, charm for this series. Yeah, he's, you know, I just look at it and I think, why have Eon not grasped the nettle here? 
And I do think that, like, as much as Cubby Broccoli did for this series, and I'm not playing that down, he did a lot, but we've just gone through a series where we've heard talk of Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds, uh, James Brolin. There are a lot of things that, like, Cubby Broccoli nearly did and did, like Sheriff Pepper and so on, that you just think, that's not smart. And so the idea that... um, this is some unimpeachable standard that they'll never reach again is obviously not true. It is an odd one. I mean, like, it, it, like the Bond series itself is an odd animal, and I think it's even more odd by the Roger era, really. Because you can kind of see where how Connery goes to Dalton. Yes. To kind of get had this in between. And can yeah, I it's have... a very weird tonal shift, isn't and it? And this kind of equal uh, legacy. I mean, like even we get to like Brosnan, and you think you, you get to live and let die. Not sorry, live and let die. It's the changing by degrees, I think. Like, like uh, yeah, so slightly. You get to die another day. You think this is this is the same film franchise from uh, from Russia with Love. This is all Doctor yeah, that's, Noble, that's, but... that for me. It becomes <laughs> hard to tell the difference. It's like you know, what well, really. Or, or, or even License to Kill, you know, it's just like, this is the same film series. It is, you know, it's an odd, random, weird... Peaks and troughs, it peaks and troughs, it follows that weird, pattern. Weird, but in a kind of his own weird, own weird way, it's glorious, you know. No, there's no other film franchise like this, you know. And... No, because it follows that, that formula and kind of it regenerates itself and constantly kind of adds new elements and reworks it i think that's why it's become so popular but it's yeah because it is it's, it's its own strange little beast really but we love it yeah so anyway uh chris walken kills a lot of people with a lot of uzis um <laughs> gets up in his blimp and goes yeah, power. And, it go, and, 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 and goes on a right old laugh girl picks up stacy who's like who is so stupid she can't even like tell like there's a bit there's a big stacy behind you <laughs> <laughs> it's behind you yeah um yeah, uh, Mayday gets like annoyed that like, that creep loved me, and then like says, "Oh no, I'll sacrifice myself to uh... get sorry for me." Yeah, like that. Yeah. So like, did this not work for you either, Becca? No, the ending is just really weird. I mean, you get that Zorin's crazy, but he shoots everybody up. But no, it's just ridiculous. Um... I mean, I, I don't. I'm not quite sure why he does it. Maybe it's just a bit easier. Maybe. I mean, my my. my... Only thought... He hasn't got to pay them a wage. Well, my only thought is, it's like, he's just cutting down on, like, right, well, I'm doing something highly illegal. I want to cut down uh, witnesses. And also, if his workforce gets killed as well, that makes him kind of like, well, it's not me, because I've, I've, I've made loss from that. So I think... Yeah, pretty it, much. It's it a business of, decision, isn't it? It kind of, like, makes... Oh, okay, well, it kind of makes sense, because then, like, you know... I don't have loads and loads of people who can kind of like drop me in it or like or, or kind of sell something. Plus, he's the... crazy. Yeah, and plus he probably just gets a kick out of it anyway because you know, yeah, it's crystal war. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's my reason for it. But he, he kind of he kind of just feels like he's just literally forgotten about Mayday. It's like oh shit, he yeah. did. <laughs> I forgot all about it. But it's, it's kind of odd because I I, I don't it's it isn't really. Established if whether it was like oh crap where, where's Mayday or whether he just thought ah oh, screw Mayday you know I don't care you yeah know, screw like, it I think my, my number, the latter the number one hench, henchman who who could probably beat the shit out of any you know, like it it feels like mm, you know I, I'm not quite sure 
But... No, it's very risk. It's very um. Oh god, what's the word? Well, just stupid in general. Yeah, even like a bit of dialogue saying like if someone asking about what we made is like you know it's like no time we have. Wouldn't establish the fact that well, I've got to carry with the fun, you know. Yeah, they're kind of working together already. So, I mean, that, that little throwaway line um, just doesn't. There's no emotional resonance there for me, um, as I complained earlier. <laughs> and, and also lose the fact that they are actually lovers as well. Yeah, you kind of see obviously the scene where they kind of spar earlier, and she's like, "Oh, you know, keep your retain your balance," and all the rest of it, and then they kind of. She basically tries to like kiss him, sort of thing, yeah. and it's like you don't really get anything from that, and it's just it's really sad because it's a wasted opportunity. And I think as with um, Stacey Sutton, she's kind of very well, she's not developed at all. Um, Mayday is probably less so, <laughs> which is a great shame. Yeah. But, um, no, I just I just think the whole scene just falls flat really, and then it's kind of it's meant to build to this great big sort of epic fight scene atop the Golden Great Bridge, um, which again just kind of it's over in five seconds, and that's pretty much it really. Well, yeah, because they couldn't actually do an actual fight. They had to, and then and they had a license to stumble around a bit. Yeah, they just kind of have to. Obviously, they created a sort of model of it and had a bit of a yeah. tussle there. But you just think, well, really, you know, it's and just, then, yeah, and just kind of mind, This is the end of the film where, like the the, the end the end climax of the film, are is an, is an old guy with monocles stumbling around with a with a stick of dynamite. <laughs> Like, <laughs> he keeps it in what would be the mini bar. I just thought that was hilarious. I think, oh, let's go into this mini bar. I don't, I don't, I think so. It's been TNT. In 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 a in a blimp that's probably got guns. He decides to use a stick of dynamite to kill someone on a bridge. And like in a blimp as well. You think about it. It's it. just like it's not a logical thing. So the, the, you know, you have to time that dynamite incredibly well to the point that it would explode like literally as it gets like near them. But the chances of it will like explode too soon, too late. It'll just like you know, just like sort of swing by him and explode, explode like, like it, it. It's not logical. One, it's like why don't you just pick up an like, like a, a machine gun and shoot them? And shoot them exactly. But no, you have to get some dynamite and go mix, but... and then do it. Mix! Yeah, mix! <laughs> it's the fuck, it's the power again, isn't it? See, <laughs> uh... so nothing else on this podcast, listeners. You're getting some really good. First-rate impressions here. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, the first-rate read, bottom-rate. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, Max Owen drops into like the San Francisco Bay, and then they and they have a kinky shower, and, and then they, they yeah, they have a kinky shower. Well, well, but, well, uh, they shower each other. What have we? Well, cute person oh. with his like little robot. Go-kart he's thing. got a kind of robot um, surveillance dog type robot type thing. Yeah, he's, he? got, he's got his own canine. The porn hunter. The <laughs> porn hunter. <laughs> How did he get that machine into? I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but How like. How did he get in there? Okay, guys, we haven't talked about this, but okay, so Q is basically like uh, the, what like the pervert. Well, he's meant <laughs> to be like this like gadget extraordinaire, like making like on the cutting cusp of inventing stuff and like of the new new technology and his new passion project is a is a remote control um, uh, toy car with a camera that's he's like oh this is amazing this this is like this is this is cutting i, I know i know it's like the 80s but still i mean it's like a remote control it, it is a, it is basically a, a camera on wheels and that is your new like what 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 is the the big fucking thing about that I, I do not know it's massive as well it's like you wouldn't be able to use that for really sort of covert missions or anything would you 
No, I it's, mean, so, like, it's so big. You hear it moving, it, and it's like, it, what? It, 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 it's fucking shit. It's like, it, 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 you know, it, it doesn't. It's nineteen eighty-five. You know, it doesn't even look like it's like. Oh, it was like, shit in nineteen eighty-five. To be fair, too big and <laughs> and in the way, and clearly looking for porn was the same thirty years ago as it is now. Oh, uh, well, Rog, you know, puts an end to it as he throws a towel over his face and. Yeah, yeah. So thanks to miniaturization that's happened over time, small penises are more acceptable, <laughs> I hope. Sorry. Excuse my rude laughing. And then that's the end of A View to a Kill. It's not just the end of A View to a Kill. It's the end of the Roger Moore era. Oh, I should have tear. To be honest, listeners, this, this episode's fine, but the commentary will be better. Because we'll be drunk for the commentary, won't we? And take the piss out of it. There's, it, it's difficult to find things to say about this film because it's the seventh film. There's not that much interesting about it. It's pretty bad, but it's not as hilariously bad as you would hope for. It's okay, and yeah, but when when you watch it scene to scene, it there's plenty to make fun of. It. it... Yeah, it's not in every Bond film you get like a crazy monocle mad mad scientist baddie, really. Yeah. No, it's quite so, it's quite outlandish, really. Yeah, I mean, I think things like the mix of the, mix of the villains are quite good, like in terms of like what they are. You got like you know it was Zorin and Mayday and all, and whatnot. It's just I just wish they had, they had more to do. I wish they brought it out. It's a more satisfying way. There is, but the. The action in the film is pretty sparse. There isn't actually a lot of it. Also, there's not a lot of good action. It's just it's not a lot of anything. Really. It, no, there's kind of no real development between the characters at all. Yeah, it's which just, is a great shame. Yeah, which is you know, so I mean, if I know I say it with deep mind, but if Dalton was Bond at this point, I mean, this would have been so much better. And <laughs> this film would suit him a bit. It like, really would. A bit like for your eyes only would. I just think he's very good at caring. So as we come to the end of Roger Moore, uh, any uh, final thoughts on Roger Moore as Bond? I'm really glad it's over. Well, oh, uh, makes you say that. Well, the thing is, right? I like him a lot. The man, he's not as bad in the role as I thought, but his films are all over the place. I've only really liked a couple of them. Um, he's pushed them in goofier and goofier directions, and. I think the telling thing is that when we sat and ranked Connery, I'm not suggesting we rank more now because we've got a ranking episode at the end, but when we sat and ranked Connery after the Connery era, we were pretty much in agreement. And I think we'd be all over the place on this. Yeah, I think and, we will too. And I don't think it's necessarily because they're so great and you could pick anyone. I think it's more that like none of them are that special, so pick them. You know? Uh, yeah. I, I haven't hated it like I feared, although by the time we got to Octopussy, I was done. I'd, I'd had enough of it by then, because he started really well. The next three I wasn't that fond of, and then the one after that was brilliant, and it was like, leave it there, that's good enough. And we've had two more films where he's not very good, and in the middle of that, we've had a not very good Sean Connery film, but Sean Connery's better. So that, that didn't do him any favours, but... Um, uh, you know, I'm probably not as harsh on the whole thing as I was when we started. And I suppose that's something. Do you think you might give Octopussy another crack of the whip? And... I'll, I'll, I'll always keep trying it. I mean, 
it's something, I mean, I'll probably keep trying all of them because you do marathons when new ones come out and all the rest of it. But the thing is, with something like Diamonds, I'm like, I don't want to watch this film again. I hate it. But with something like Octopussy, they're still like, I'm still holding out the hope I've missed something. And I'll, I'll, I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again several times, I've no doubt. But the fact is, like, at the age I am, and, uh, you know, given how long Octopussy came out, you know, how long ago it came out, and I've still not got there to the point where I think it's any good, you know, I, I suspect that may never happen. But we'll so, try. So what would be the your favourite uh, Roger Moore film of the... Of his Roger Moore films. <laughs> I just realised that made no fucking sense. To be fair, Roger Moore has only done Roger Moore films. <laughs> yeah. For your Can eyes you only. For your eyes you? only by quite a distance. Becca? <laughs> oh, for me it's a toss-up between Spy and... Oh, well, Roger Moore always is a toss-up. <laughs> um, Spy and Fury Eyes Only, I think. Vying for the top Oh, really? So Fury Eyes Only has gotten, uh, gotten a bit of a... It, it shot up there, and only because I, I watched it again recently, and um, was like, oh, I think I, I kind of agree with you, David, a little bit. If he if it had ended there, he really would have gone out on a high because it's more kind of hard edged and less ridiculous. Um, whereas like the you know the films that kind of followed are a little bit on the goofy side. I mean, the fun that they are, I know like Octopus and Vertical do have their have their fans out there. Um, but yeah, I just think had it ended there, then it kind of would have oh, gone Octopus is the one I'm expecting most like blow back on because as much as as much as I was quite hard on the spy who loved me I was also like extremely positive about its first half and I I think it's second half I I think I tried at least to explain why I think I've got a problem with it whereas Octopussy from the moment we hit record I was all over what a terrible film I thought it was and and the fact is that like that doesn't seem to be a majority view like people out there are just telling me it's underrated. I mean, underrated is such a funny word to attach to it. But, you know, that's what I'm hearing a lot. Yeah, it's and not I, I, that bad, is basically... I think that's what they're saying, but that, that that's kind of damning with faint praise. Mm. But, but whatever the case, like, he was too old then, which means by definition he's too old now. But the, a couple of little things in his face from, like, Octopus, he's gone by this one. But what Octopussy had that A View to a Kill doesn't have is the backgammon seems really good. A View to a Kill doesn't have a scene of that quality. Um, there's one or two others if I thought about it, but as we... Oh, the property of a lady scene as well. View to a Kill has nothing approaching that standard. So on that basis, I would have thought... I would have thought, objectively speaking, of Octopussy's a better film... But Octopussy has always bored me. I've always found it drab. I've always been annoyed by like VJ Armitage. I, I, I just don't like the film, whereas this film's rubbish. But I think it's a little bit better looking. Um, I like the villain a little bit more. And I find it quite funny because like, it's now fucking ridiculous. Um, and but, the dream scene. And the dream team, but it is Pickham. They're all shit. They're all yeah. shit by this point. You should have quit years ago. Oh, you should have got should have got Dalton and would have had like 
least oh, number two. The thing is, as well, I mean, having watched yeah. it recently, I don't know about Octopussy. I really don't. And I think I've got to admit at this point, I'm not remotely objective about Octopussy. I dislike it that much. But for your eyes only and a view to a kill would have been absolutely perfect for Timothy Dalton. He would have suited those films so well. Yeah, I can't ima- I can't imagine anyone else but Roger Moore being an octopussy. Mel, Sean Connery, yeah, but... No, but yeah, for me, Roger makes that movie. <laughs> you can't Im- Yeah, you can't imagine, like, Dalton in that kind of ridiculous no. role. I don't. Which is probably, probably why I don't like it, because not only is he, is, it too, is he too old, but it's very, very Roger. You know, whereas... The thing is, The Spy Who Loved Me, I sounded like I was really harsh on it, but... I, I didn't hate it. I just thought it it was so good for a while that I felt really let down by it. It's very much a film of two halves. But when you come on to like Moonraker, I mean, people have said to me only in the couple of last couple of days that I was really kind to Moonraker. No, I wasn't. I think Moonraker's not as good as The Spy Who Loved Me, but The Spy Who Loved Me is held up as a classic, and I don't think it's that good. And Moonraker's like held as like a disaster, and I don't think it's that bad. So they're they're closer together than I thought they were, but they're both like watchable enough. And then for your eyes only, he's great, but his last two I think are, are nothing short of embarrassing. It's ridiculous, really. So I think so. I really do. But if you force me to sit through one, not because it's any better, I'd sit through a View to a Kill. Yeah, I think it's a little bit better to look at. Yeah, I think it's a little bit funnier. Um, I I I would rather have like Patrick McNee than VJ Armitage. Well, I, I think everyone would. I think everyone would. I think would, everybody really. would, generally. Yeah, by quite a distance. And the thing is, the women are so bland in Octopussy that I might as well have a good laugh at Stacey Sutton. The thing is that there is actually apparently... Uh, Maud Adams does do a, a like walking cameo. She's like, apparently... Yeah, she, yeah when you get um, in, the, in the scene in the San Francisco Bay, you can oh, see Maud her in the background. Adams. I think, I think I saw her this time. But it does depend on, like, if her hair colour was a little bit lighter, a little bit blonder, and her hair a little bit longer than an octopusy, then yes, I saw her this time. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. I wonder if, I wonder if it actually, like, is there. So as they're on, uh, the, where I think I saw her is when they're on the pier. And they're yeah, about, that was it. And when they're about to have a conversation about Max Zorin's, like, lineage and... Yeah, she's you kind know, of in the background, walk. isn't she? You can just I, see it. She's dressed quite like glam, and she's walking down the pier. Mm-hmm. I think that's her. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it really is Pickham. I mean, when you for me, the man with the golden gun, this and Octopussy, it's kind of Pickham. They're all shit. And above that, like the next one up is like Moonraker, which is shit, but not that bad, and it's fairly entertaining. And then to be honest, for your eyes only. The Spy Who Loved Me for, you you know, Live and Let Die are all, like, personal taste. Which one you like most out of that? Now, of the three, for me, it goes For Your Eyes Only, Live and Let Die, The Spy Who Loved Me. But, like, you could put that in any order. They're all pretty decent. But I I think there's three that are okay. I think there's one that's, like, not that good, but I can stomach it. And then I think there's three that are dreadful. Chris, what about you? (laughs) Well... Me obviously it's few eyes only. It's my favorite Roger film. Um, <laughs> I've done, hmm, tough call. Do I prefer Spy or Live and Let it Die? I'm gonna say Live and Let it Die. Um, 
Now, what? Where do I go next? Because well, that's spy. Then, so your top three is the same as mine. So where 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 do you go from? I there? don't know. To be honest, I think actually I'm going to put Moonraker ahead of Spy. I was tempted to. I thought I'd get laughed at. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, I generally, I think. Don't you know, be afraid. If you made me put one on, I'd put Moonraker on. But I think that if I was handing handing it to a third party, if someone said, if someone handed me the two of them and said, which one do I want to watch? And I was trying to convince them that like Bond was a good series. I think I I could defend Spy easier than Moonraker, but I'd rather watch Moonraker. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what. I, well, I think the thing with Moonraker for me, I think it flows better as a film, whereas um, as we talked about, uh, Spy is actually a bit jarring, and and and, and Very it, odd. you know, and it doesn't kind of like it, it's What's, just what Spy it's has just a bit. It's, it's just, just forty five minutes. It's just a bit all over the place. Where at least Moonraker is consistent, and I think to me that you know it kind of just levels it up as a better film. Uh, so, but then the night people agree. But Spy me anyway. has that pre-title, and it has. Yeah. Spy is. But I'm has, kind of, I'm, I'm, got far higher highs. But yeah, there's only one I'd pick of the two. But there's. Uh, but I'm kind of numb to that now, anyway. So cause I've just I've just because I'm just so I've watched. Yeah, well, you're not going to go look at Union Jack. Now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So for me, yeah, I'd have to go with Moonraker then Spy. Uh, oh. I mean, I think Man with the Golden Gun's dead last for me. Um, I can understand that. I can understand that. It's a very drab film. I, uh, I think it's either... Cause I, do, I do have fun with Octopussy, that's the thing. I do have I do have, I have time for Octopussy. I do generally like have fun with it. So, the kind of... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a tie for me for both Octopussy and, and View to Kill. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think of the three of them, it's really difficult because obviously I quite like Christopher Lee. I kind of quite like Nick Knack, but I hate Sheriff Pepper. I mean, really hate him. And I think the plot is awful. I think the main plot is this solely agitator thing, which doesn't work. I don't know which one I'd rather watch. I know Octopussy is dead last for me, and I I I, I stress to anyone listening. I'm not suggesting it's the worst film. It's the, just the one I least want to watch. I don't like it. But of the next two, if you said to me, Man with a Golden Gun or View to a Kill? View to a Kill. I think that, I think that it's Pickham. I think it depends on my mood. I think probably a View to a Kill because I think it's better looking. I think it's a more attractive film to look at. I think I think even though they've got Fouquet... That's a, that's a great score. I know I've said it before, but it is a great and score. And it has a great score and A Man with a Golden Gun does not. Yeah, and it ha- and it has that annoying wolf over there, like what is probably one of the greatest stunts ever. Yeah, um, and the thing is, the locations are very good. I mean, they go to Thailand, you know, Phuket and those little islands and all the rest of it, which should look beautiful, but it's kind of drab compared to this. So, I mean, it's a bit pickem. To be honest with you, I think Roger did two great films. One that you could argue is a great film, and it's kind of down to personal interpretation. I think Moonraker's not as bad as its reputation, and I think three of his films are flat-out awful. And then it's just, which flavour of awful do you want to watch? Just how old did you like your Roger Moore? Yeah, how old do you want Roger to be? 
you know, it's <laughs> really diffi- it's really difficult. I don't know which. I mean, you 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 know, it's all Pickham and on the day and all the rest of it. I mean, I I do think objectively the worst film we've seen so far is still Diamonds. But oh yeah, I, watch, I agree. I but agree. When I watch Diamonds ahead of Octopus. Until we get to Die Another Day, people. I, I don't know because Octopussy is has got better set pieces. It Octopussy has a few more things going for it than Diamonds. But the fact is, I think we've established. I don't like it. I don't know. I don't want to watch it. Do I prefer slightly over the hill Connery? I I don't know. But. Overall, he's got that big, rich, deep voice. He's got a pretty good screen present. It's not been that bad. The films have been disappointing for the most part. I've not enjoyed the majority, but like he's not that bad. And you know, but I am glad it's over because I cannot wait to get to Dalton. I so am I. Are you excited for Dalton, Becca? I am. I oh, am. Are, are, are you are you looking to be converted as to think as Dalton as the as the unappreciated James Bond, that, you know. Well, but... he is unappreciated. I mean, well, George is unappreciated because he only made one. Oh, that's true. Tim's a bit unappreciated because. But, but at least he, at least he, he made had, two. So... At least he had like arguably the best film though. Uh... Well, no, see, I think we all agree that Majesty's is the greatest. Um... Uh, so far, yeah. I mean, I know that Becca, you might have one or two to come that that might take over from it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's no surprise. I mean, there is no point in me what sat are you trying here. To say? There is no point in me sat here when we do the ranking episodes, trying to make some tension out of this. There's no point, right? Honor Majesties is going to be number one. There is absolutely no doubt, um, and I might as well admit that now. But I know with you there's there's a possibility GoldenEye might take it and things like that. So, and no, I, no, I think Honor Majesties is quite good, but I think GoldenEye will be in the top five somewhere. But like when, when I rank them, it's always different. I don't. It changes every single time. Like probably like right now, like Spectre ranks quite highly, mm. but then when I look at the grand scheme of it, it probably won't. It'll fall. You know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah, no, Spectre's already dropping for me, and I still it's like drop, it. Drop. I, th- I think it got. I think it got an unbelievably harsh press for all the faults we had with it. I think you know it's like it opened here, and the British press weren't as kind to it as Skyfall, but they were still notably kind. Yeah, the, and the, then it yeah, opened in America it. and yeah. it got Ripped fucking it destroyed. It really and it was did. talked about as one of the worst Bond films now. The no, fact I don't, is, I, I don't agree I, with that. I, I did overpraise it because I remember saying during the review, Brosnan never did anything of this standard. Well, actually, now I think about it, I think Goldeneye might be a little bit better than Spectre. Just a but, little bit. But the fact is... But hardly, it's, it's not the, it's it's not not, the worst. There, it's there the isn't a lot ever. in it. They're both around the halfway mark somewhere for me. Yeah. Um, but no, I've 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 I haven't hated the Roger Moore era. I know I've I've kind of given that impression during the film sometimes because he's not my thing. He'll never be my thing. But I I can tolerate most of these films now. But of these seven, there's three of them I really don't want to watch. At you sound like some kind of recovering addict or something. I can tolerate them now. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I think of the seven of them, three of them are flat-out dreadful. I think one of them is not good, but I enjoy it. Three of them are pretty decent. Yeah, that's about sums it up, really. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I think also, um, it's not really surprise what my top three are going to be, because I think I've all pretty much out of my top three. Yeah, we've done that already, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But no, it'll be interesting to do the kind of, sort of, the ranking episode that we do, ranking people. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the difficulty is the bottom ones. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that, like, for our, for your eyes only, is favourite. I'm absolutely sure Live and Let Dies after that. Yeah. I, I know that, like, Spy and Moonraker come next, and then, like, it's a little bit pick em between the last three. Yeah, that's pretty I, I much think, my top seven. I think Octopussy will go last of that seven just because I disliked it so much. But I, I just feel that, like, something's not right about that. I think that, like, when you look at the train sequence and a few other things in Octopussy, they are better set pieces than anything in The Man with the Golden Gun and certainly better than anything in A View to a Kill. So in some respects, I feel like I'm being harsh on it, but the fact is I, I never want to watch Octopussy again. <laughs> Oh. Um, and as that's long as the, you live. Yeah, but that's the only film I feel that way about of the seven. It's like, well, I will sit and watch the others again quite happily. You can sign Octopussy to Room 101. Yeah, I think so. That's <laughs> oh, very sad. Oh. But next week, we get to go and see Young Roger. <laughs> oh. Do you remember when he was young? Do you remember when it was all so, like, positive? When it was roses. And... It was all like, this is going to be amazing. And racist. This is going to be amazing and racist. <laughs> it's not so so racist, I guess. It probably to gets be the fair, Russians. it's only two, two, two films after a black woman eating bananas. Oh, God. And to be fair, that's my favourite film in the entire series, so I guess not... Yeah. I best not say too much. It's, I think it's the one misstep that film has. Yeah, I think. Looking at it now, you, you can look back at it and think, "Oh, it's terribly, you know, politically incorrect." But I think at, at the time that there's going to be the thing is the thing black people apparently the thing yeah. that makes it even more annoying. It's like it's literally one edit, like what literally one cut edit away just all you, all just you from like. All you had to do was sit her with the chicken, Ruby with the bananas, or the nan bread, and then the Indian woman with the bananas, and you would have had no problem whatsoever, and the film would have been absolutely... Or, when you're looking at it, actually, that looks a bit racist, let's just cut that one bit out, and just be like, okay, that's fine. You don't actually need to see them take... I mean, all you've got to know is they've got allergies... They sit down to eat, and the food is brought out to them. You don't even really need to see it. Yeah. It could have even had like a, a, a silver tray over the top of it. I mean, it just didn't matter. And the fact is, so it, it's not only a misstep, but it's a misstep you could have avoided without any difficulty at all. Yeah. But now we look back on it, and, and, and I think that that's the thing that hurts the most about it. It's it like does. Yeah, it really film, does. And the thing is, we're not just paying lip service to it. We're genuinely not going, well, that looks a bit racist, so we ought to look appalled. I think all three of us were genuinely like, oh, my fucking God. And the thing is, there was absolutely no need for it. But it still remains the best film in the entire series. Yeah, if you, can, if you can do that bit, it's very much a fan favourite for sure. And I think you, know, hundreds of, you, can, you can rank them until the cows come home. And well, it'll, I, I it'll know be that in the top five at least. I, I know, looking at my rankings so far, where they are, I think there are at least eight to ten films that, like, I wouldn't argue with anyone putting at the top from a quality perspective. No, and there's certainly five that, like, I could too. I wouldn't because, like, my favourites are my favourites. But like, there are, you know, anything from about fifth or sixth place up. 
I think they are films I have absolutely no problems with at all. I couldn't pick really any major flaws with them. Um, this is for all the like rubbish, and and this is the thing about the late Roger Moore era. It's such a self-parody by the point that I sound like I'm being so harsh, but at its best, this series is not popcorn rubbish. At its best, this series is fantastic filmmaking. It's got wonderful scores, wonderful cinematography, and such a class and style to it. Majesty would be a proud part of any series, and and so would From Russia With Love. That's why things like Octopussy Hurt don't give me an old man messing around with a tennis player. I don't need that. Um, and so I'm pleased to be, I'm pleased to move on because The Living Daylights, tonally as a film, its closest sibling is probably for your eyes only in terms of tone. Yeah, both are quite hard edged. They are, but it doesn't have the silliness in it, that one. I mean, I, I, I don't know which one I prefer out of that and for your eyes only, but certainly The Living Daylights doesn't have the missteps that like for your eyes only has. And I think that's why I prefer Living Daylights out of the two, actually. Timothy Dalton is perfect for it. He's really good in that film. And the film that follows it, although tonally very different, which hurts Timothy Dalton's legacy because you can't pin down what his bond is, is his, living, his license to kill performance. And the film in general is fantastic. I think we've got some real treats coming up. But we've got to go back and watch Black Exploitation <laughs> first. Yeah, Black Exploitation. Oh, dear. <laughs> And old, then old, young Roger and old Roger. Was that and old young? Roger. Back to back. Bloody hell, what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not back to back because Charlie's appearing in the middle. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah, really so looking forward to it. How's this going to work? This goes out, uh, we've got, at the time of recording, we've got Octopussy going out this weekend. We're going to put Never Say Never Again out in the mid midweek for two reasons. Firstly... It's the Battle of the Bonds, so let's put them close together. Three reasons, actually. The second reason is to clear the backlog. And the third reason is I was so harsh on Octopussy that even I'm slightly embarrassed. And I don't want it to be our headline episode for too long. No. <laughs> so we're going to stick Octopussy out this weekend, never say never again out in the week. So by the time we sit down to do the uh, Live and Let Die review, A View to a Kill will come out, and we're back on schedule. So by the time this comes out, Charlie still won't have recorded for the yet. So we just want to say we're really looking forward to it, Charlie, because we know you listen. Yeah, we can't uh, wait to have you on the show again. It's going to be a real treat. Chris. So yeah, where can you find us on social media? Uh, well, you can find me at Cinematronics, uh, where this uh, you can find, which basically our host disclosed podcast at Cinematronics.co.uk. I'm at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash the Pasty Kid. And you can follow me on Twitter if you want to, at RV Movies, or you can come and visit us on the Twitter at Do You Expected to Talk? And we're on Facebook slash Expected to Talk. We're also now on YouTube. Yes, we are. Um, I think I might have said this in the last episode, but they're, they're slightly edited versions. They're all fixed now, though. Every episode we do goes up on YouTube a day or two afterwards. Without music, basically, but it's the same thing. Still photo, nothing too visual, but it does give you another outlet, another app. And I know some of you will have like YouTube YouTube apps on your television and things like that. So it's another way to watch. Yeah, yeah, you can check us out on there. And if you want to, you can drop us an email. Expect us to talk at gmail dot com. Yeah, you know, and also it might be good if you actually emailed or tweet us any suggestions for future film franchises for us to do. 
and we can see uh, see what we think. Whether it's like Fast and Furious or uh, or like a season. I was only thinking about that the other day, but that's because I'm looking for music to under to go under the trailers. So anything to do with like speed and that, I thought, well, we could do the Fast franchise. <laughs> but uh, we're definitely doing uh, indie next. We're doing uh, Star Trek after that. We are definitely, uh, we don't know the order, but we're definitely, definitely doing Superman, Rocky, Star Trek. And all the Westerns. All the Westerns. All of them. <laughs> Becca definitely wants to do something with Hitchcock, and I was only thinking today, if I get my way, I'm doing The Godfather. So, yes, that would be fantastic. Um, be so beyond that, feel free to suggest. If there's any franchises that we haven't covered and you'd like to hear us cover, then please drop us an email or tweet us. Send us a carrier pigeon, you know. I think... As well, at some point we will do Marvel, but I would say with the I would say with the Marvel films though, feel free to keep suggesting it because it might bump it up the schedule. Because at the moment we're in no hurry to do Marvel, but like if everyone who listens to us says please do Marvel, then maybe it will come a bit quicker. Yeah, and then we can just like whenever there's a new film, we can just do an episode catch up. Go like, okay, yeah, well, we will. We'll, we'll do we'll do it. We'll we'll sort of add an episode to the series each like, time. Like, uh, for example, whenever the new Bond film comes out, we will do an updated, like, and here's our, here's our yes. review of this. Spectra. <laughs> Spectra 2. Spectra. Spectra. More Spectra. <laughs> well, yeah, in three, so yeah, we've got Living Light. In three weeks' time, we've got um, uh, our view to a kill commentary, which we're already thinking of as uh, Dave Gets Drunk to The Drunkening. <laughs> the Drunkening. <laughs> Drunker. The, the Goldfinger commentary, I got slowly drunk during that, and it was really obvious by the last third when my voice just started to slow. You remember, it, those of you who are old enough to have, like, you know, old enough to have had, like, um, Walkmans that were, like, tapes when the battery started to run down? That's what happened to my voice near the end of that show. So we're going to do that again in a couple of weeks. Because of you to a kill should be hilarious. And I'm not sure what we've given you tonight is hilarious, but certainly as we're watching it unfold in front of us, I think we might make you laugh a little. Definitely. And then the thing, the problem is, is though, the, the thing is, like, we, we listen to, like, do you, um, the uh, How Does This Get Made podcast on Peter Kill, and it's like, how do you top that one? You don't. Because, like, cause going into it, I was like, pretty much, well, how can we pretty much say what they've already said pretty much they, 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 they've analysed and ripped the shit, ripped that film to shit mm. in, in every which way and it's like oh well how how can we go beyond that or say anything new or so it's it's a difficult thing to it do it is difficult I mean the thing is with, with most of you know most of the time when I've, when I've heard somebody talk about a film I'm quite happy to come along and like give my opinion but the fact is, how did this get made? It is a comedy podcast. I never thought of us as a comedy podcast, but I keep being told we are by people who listen to us. Um, and so, yeah, you can't. So, well, that's that. Yeah, that's what I thought. But apparently, we're a comedy podcast, Chris. I was told that in no uncertain terms last night. Okay. Um, and <laughs> and oh, the enough. thing is, you're not going to top it. You aren't. I mean, the thing is, the best podcast ever on A View to a Kill. And I include the commentary we haven't even done yet. We'll always do <laughs> that episode. But, you know, we'll get there again. It's always the episodes you weren't expecting because no one expects For Your Eyes Only to be a brilliant episode because, like, it's the forgotten, slightly dour film and we produced that. And uh, I thought I thought um, 
a view to a kill would be hilarious and what we've produced tonight's been okay you know it, it's really strange you just don't know what's going to like work and what isn't you might suddenly find the best episode we ever do is tomorrow never dies you just don't know it could well be because i think there's a lot of fun to happen, happen with uh, boston i'm actually looking forward to getting to boston yeah I, th- I, I i am ready to move on and as much as i said about you know uh roger moore and stuff i don't mean it from that perspective it, it's not that i'm sick of roger moore it's just that i want to do someone else yeah and i'm ready i'm ready for a little break because i do do a lot of prep for these films particularly last week when we did um never say never again that took a shitload of reading you know so it, it's quite nice and and the next one is it's going to be about three or four weeks before i've got to sit down and actually unpick what happened with the whole brosnan um dalton casting story yeah there's a big six year gap in between that one isn't there uh no i'm talking about uh the living daylights oh, when, Daylight, when it was very nearly brosnan yeah, it was really. Yeah, contract. yeah it, it's often talked that brosnan was um first choice and I'll confirm this when I read into it, but my understanding is that's not actually the case. Mm-hmm. So he went, Dalton went through his very short era feeling like second choice or being treated like second choice, and he actually wasn't. Um, but we'll talk about that in a few weeks' time, which means Becca! James Bond and Do You Expect to Talk will return with The Living Daylights. No, we won't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember where the last fucking cut was to go back on that. No, no, that's staying in. No, so no. it's staying in and <laughs> Becca! <laughs> we will return with the Live and the Die commentary, yeah! <laughs>